Jam-packed to the rafters. Let's go up to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. fans and welcome to our vantage point the retro wrestling podcast thank you guys for being back with us here it is episode 255 and it is monday january the 17th 2022 we're going to romp you through the world of retro wrestling as always i'm joe Morata, joined by michael quinn how you doing there michael howdy diddy. and the cold has set in here oh in boy. the northeast yeah it's it's very wintry yeah i'm i'm, I'm Shivering. Well, folks, we hope our retro wrestling talk sends shivers down your spine. As we're gonna... it's, the, it's the most shivering podcast in the land. Some ice cold takes in the <laughs> world of retro wrestling. Iceman. Yeah, the Iceman himself, yeah. Michael Quinn. Anyway, we do have some good topics in store for you. We thank you for being back with us. Before we get to anything, though, I just want to remind you of a couple of quick things. If you have a Twitter, why don't you follow us there? It's at OVP Podcast on Twitter. You can get daily wrestling gifts. Good time. No drama. You can also... Email us if you want to at ovppodcast at gmail.com. That is ovppodcast at gmail.com. But Quinn, if people want to talk to you and me and well over 1,200 other retro wrestling fanatics, where should they go? Over at facebook.com slash icicle. Right. It's a site about the winter. Yep. It's, that's it. That's it. But it also has a search bar. What do you do with it? Filled with ice, obviously. Icy bar. In the search bar, you type our vantage point dash retro wrestling podcast, bing, bang, boom, tube score, kafloey. Hit the join group, you're in. And all we're asking you to do when you join our group, folks, is agree to one rule, which is don't be what, Quinn? A dunderhead. Don't be a dunderhead. And all we mean by that is if you want to talk about old wrestling, we'd love to have you there because that's what we do. We try to just talk about old things. We bring up things that don't matter at all, but that we all Mm -hmm. care about. Yeah, like snow. Yeah, like snow and like the 1991 Royal Rumble, for example. Because it takes place in the winter. Yes. It's all connected. Royal Rumble, the official event of the winter. That's correct. Mm -hmm. And And if you want to get connected to the group, all we ask you to do is not be an asshole when you talk to people. It would be a good idea. If you can handle I, that. I recommend Just don't be too that. frosty over yeah. there, okay? Yeah, frosty. Remember when people said that a lot? Yeah, remember? Yeah. All we mean is you can disagree until the cows come home, put them in the barn, whatever you gotta do with the cows, but when you're disagreeing, don't do it in a way where you're insulting the person because they like a wrestler more than you do or something like that. Because that's silly. We don't want to deal with we that. We don't want to deal with it. So we just want you to be nice to each other. Join the group if you have a Facebook. Also, if you have a couple of bucks to spare and you want to support OVP or you want extra content, you can head on over to patreon.com slash OVP podcast. What we have over there for you is two entirely different shows that are released. One is every week, the 1984 Canon. You can get that. And every month, a new WWF pay-per-view review. We're doing them in order. Out right now for January is SummerSlam 94 to Undertakers. You yeah, know the deal. The Underfaker. Yep. Lex Luger to Tonka. So embarrassing. That you, Undertaker thing. The steel cage match was yeah. so safe. Yeah. All the that. safest steel cage. It's great. All the things. And it's safe for you. You can get all the things if you head on over to patreon.com slash OVP podcast. No pressure or anything, but if you want to support us, you want to donate, give it a try for the rest of January. See what you think. And if you don't like it, just cancel it by January 31st. It's really okay. Yeah. It'll be fine. It really will be. Don't worry. All right, Michael. Halfway through the season. Halfway. 
We've been doing a great opening segment. We've had a lot of different suggestions for this one because it was a very common thing that happened, especially in the 90s, but other times as well. We are talking about when one wrestler leaves his promotion or Mm -hmm. her promotion and goes to the other one. And what happens is it usually has an effect on at least three things. That wrestler's career, the promotion that the wrestler leaves, Mm -hmm. and the promotion that the wrestler joins. So this is a brand new segment, and we are still taking your suggestions. It's called The Jump. Should I stay or should I go? Might as well jump. Jump! Welcome back to The Jump, where we are talking about those wrestlers that left their promotion, joined another one, and what happened when they did it. And this one was actually suggested, Quinn, by a good friend of the show named Joe McBride. Hi, Joe. Been with us a long time. He wanted us to talk about Sean Waltman. Yeah, Sean Waltman, X-Pac, 1, 2, 3. Lightning all, Kid. All those things. I, I don't think that poor guy can win that 1, 2, 3. Uh, he's going to get murdered. Specifically, when Sean Waltman jumped from WCW to the WWF. However, you can't really get to the importance of that until you first quickly talk about why that mattered, right? Well, it mattered because of another jump. Right. This is one of the rare situations that the first jump affects the second jump. They're absolutely 100% connected into why the good one matter. And I would say they're both good. Uh, So Sean Waltman, as you guys know, was the one, two, three kid in the WWF lightning kid before that in global wrestling federation and elsewhere. We watched that. (laughs) Well, we have. If the GWF was smart and they wanted good ratings, they'd have the lightning kid. I will say this for the record. And I mean this, Tremendous wrestler. Yeah. Also, a uh, tremendous man who lost his eyebrows at that time. Because of Kurt Hennig, For like yes. half a year. <laughs> so long. <laughs> and really was a great talent. His WWF run, which started obviously in 93 and ended in mid-96, was hampered by the fact that he was injured a few times. Also hampered by the fact that the Million Dollar Corporation <laughs> became part of his angle. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, they really... That f- was the downfall through his career in the hamper yeah, with that I, one. I mean, basically, the the last I knew of him in WWF before he was cool or whatever, you know, before going to WCW, was uh, wearing a diaper. Wearing and a big, diaper. Big bottle. Yeah, crybaby match and all and, that. And uh, the powder. And the powder. Yeah. Uh, so he leaves WWF in the spring of 96. The next time we see him, there's this thing going on called the NWO. You ever heard of it? Oh, I heard of it. All the, right. The New World Organization. Yeah, of wrestling. Of wrestling. In the New World Organization of Wrestling, brother. And in that New World Organization of Wrestling, brother, was Hulk Hogan. Right. From the WWF. Remember, he was there before. Yep. Scott Hall. The guy he lost the crybaby match. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Kevin Nash. Yeah. Wasn't Ted DiBiase also in the million in the Ted NWO corporation over there? Was in the NWO at that point. Now I can't remember if Virgil as Vincent had lingered in yet. <laughs> it might have happened. And the Giant was in it very briefly. But in the summer of 1996, who do we see with the NWO with a beard? Oh yeah, <laughs> longer like curlier hair than he had previously had. Just cooler in general, not like a baby or whatever. Right, not the one, two, three kid. But if you add up one and two and three, you get six. Six. (laughs) The newest member is to be referred to from this point forward as six. That's his name. Six. 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 Everyone likes to make fun of this name. I kind of thought it was cool, especially with the spelling or whatever, with the Y and the double X's. Yeah, real neat. It's just like, I don't know. It was very like 
grungy or something. I don't I don't know how else to put it. I, I just thought he was cool when Noth- he came in. Nothing says grungy than why being used as a vowel. Yeah. Uh, I mean, very grunge. Jenna Von Oy over on Blossom, she did it all wrong. Just spelling it S-I-X. He's you know the what other I'm saying? six. <laughs> the male version. That's how you spell it for men. S-Y-X-X. Yes. So anyway, six over here is Sean Waltman in WCW. And what's very interesting for me, just intriguing because I'd grown up watching this guy, literally. He is like 24 still. When yeah, he he's, joined, he's young. He's still so young. He was right? a kid. He was and literally he, he a kid. He got transformed into a baby and now he's an adult. Right. That's a weird way to age. <laughs> I've been in Japan doing a little deal over there. I hear Nitro's the hottest show going today. I thought I'd come check it out. You know what I mean? And he was like their cruiserweight guy, right? But the persona is what was so different than what we were used to, Quinn. Yeah, he was kind of just a fucking asshole, which, yes. which is the opposite. He's always like, hi, gee <sighs> golly. Mr. Like, McMahon, you know? Yeah. Other oh, than, Joe Fowler, I'm nervous. Other than when he was in Million Dollar. But yeah. like that, he's just like, he, nobody cared. He's a baby. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, that's like part of his gimmick. Now he's kind of like he's grown up. He's not, they don't really refer to him as a kid or anything. He's just this quick, fast wrestler or whatever, right? Yeah, and he's a jerk, like you said. Right. Because Sean Maltman always had a voice that sounded like it would cut good heel promos. Because, I mean, when he was the lightning kid, he was a heel sometimes. True. So this might be better casting than we had seen in the new generation. Meaning not good people. <laughs> we don't have stars in the and- new generation. <laughs> So he's in the NWO, his main like year, if you really want to see him there, is from like late 96 uh, until the end of 97. He's not He does win the Cruiser. He does, and he doesn't really defend him much, and he's not very good. It's But isn't that the point like, that yes. the NWO did a lot, where they would like kind of hold titles up for hostage, and like J.J. Dillon's like, oh, I got to make you defend the title, jerk. Yeah. Just we sabotage the business because of the NWO. The thing wh- I will say, it really though, worked. Six was also involved in a lot of those like NWO Saturday night things. He was. I remember, which I, I always, he was around early enough yes. that it was like the NWO was still good. Oh, you know yeah, what I he mean? was there, like literally the sixth member. I think they call him that, unless like there might be a technicality where like Virgil was there or somebody and well, he's I really the, the, the race car driver was pretty early on too, though. He might have been the sixth member. Kyle right? Petty. Yeah. I'm in the NWO now, y'all. Fuck off. Screw the sting car. <laughs> <laughs> We're bringing in Kyle Petty. He'll oh, be here next week. Kyle Petty is going to be racing. Week. But here's the deal, right? Six gets injured in 97. Is off WCW TV. Right. Over in the World Wrestling Federation, January of 1998, as we know, uh, Shawn Michaels takes on The Undertaker in a casket match. Right. This is DX, right? Shawn. Triple yep. H, and by that point, just China. Rick Rude is gone. Oh, yeah, because he got mad about the screw. About the Bret Hart. Yeah. yeah, about the screw. So we just got those three. Sean is uh, no longer in the WWF after WrestleMania 14, right? He drops the title yeah. to Steve Austin. And the next night in one of Quinn's favorite moments, <laughs> Triple H comes out in his leather jacket and his DX shirt. And Triple H is like, you dropped the ball, uh, Sean, and I'm going to have to pick it up uh, or whatever. And Quinn, I never forgave him for this because I'm like, look at this stooge, right? It's like this guy is garbage. Like he needs to go back to Hunter Hearst Helmsleying out of here because he's, Hello. he's, he's, irre- he's fucking without Shawn Michaels. He's fucking irrelevant to me. That really, really is how it felt, though. Yeah, I was like, you are nothing. You're like, not the leader. Drop the ball. You would, you couldn't, you couldn't hold his jock shorts or whatever. I think he did used to do that in the click, right? Yeah. While he was designated driving or whatever he did. I think China did. Uh, so, it is a good promo, though. And Triple H says, you know, you look to your friends, you look to the click, right? And then he does the motion towards... Wait, no, he does the bl- your blood. The blood you look yeah. to your blood, yeah. right? He motions towards the ramp. 
This is mm-hmm. the day after WrestleMania 14, right? WWF's pretty hot now. They're really starting to heat up. Which can I also just say before yeah, you get ahead. to who comes out? Uh-huh. Well, it's, we know. I, it's ironic that Triple H is acting like he's the leader of the clique. You look to your blood, like as if these people, again, were not Shawn Michaels' minions <laughs> first. Like, yeah. Like, it's like, he, what is he talking about? He joined up and then he's just like, hey, can I help uh, or yeah, whatever? Can he I was, drive? Yeah, he was just a nobody. <laughs> so, points to that. The DX music kicks in just from the break it down part, if you yeah. recall. And who walks out but six in yeah. that character? Six. So Triple H invites a kid in, and this is what I love about this moment. And for whatever reason, as a 12-year-old watching this, it really stood out to me as the first time that I can think of where the WWF now Absolutely, yes. got someone from WCW. And not only that, someone that was there previously. Yeah, it's like they finally got them back, right? Coming off like a show, it was really like WWF Strikes Back was WrestleMania 14. In a lot of ways. The followed up on the next night to what? Well, how about that, motherfuckers? We beat you at WrestleMania, and now we're taking one of your guys. Yeah. Yeah. Sean Waltman then proceeds to cut what really is a shoot promo, from what I can he tell. He says one of my favorite lines ever. Well, Hulk Hogan, you suck, pal. <laughs> you know what's interesting, right? There are probably some people that would say, oh, shoot, shoot promos have no place on WrestleMania. And you know what? I do agree to the most part. You don't want to just be constantly out there doing that. But here's the missing the point of this moment. Yeah. In this specific moment, this was what they needed to do to hold people's attention. Right. And it was kind of music to the cynical preteen teenage WWF fans ears at the time to hear the one, two, three kid call out Hulk Hogan on TV. Yeah, because, okay, in real life. Sean Waltman is not a bigger star than Hulk Hogan. But Never. It, it was just like, it felt like he's now with the young guys yes. and he's feeling empowered, right? right. It, was, it was like, yes, yeah, suck it, you know? Like, right, like literally. literally, yeah. <laughs> so even though it was like, you know, a shoot or a work shoot or whatever, and he calls out Eric Bischoff and he says Hall and Nash would be there, but they can't get out of their contracts. Right, right. Kevin Nash and Scott Hall would be standing right here with us. championship wrestling and that's a fact Eric Bischoff you don't want to be doing stuff like that all the time but for this specific period of time in the spring of 98 where the WWF is back on the rise this just kind of hit home for some reason he said a lot like we just kind of brushed over he said that stuff with Hall and Nash but I think that was like something the WWF fans wanted to hear too everything's firing on all cylinders in the WWF. It's like, we would love to have Hall and Nash. Yeah. Like he was saying things and we don't want Hulk Hogan here. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? Like fuck they, Eric Bischoff. Yeah. Fuck Eric Bischoff. He stinks. So he was kind of being the surrogate for maybe the, the diehard WWF. I know you right. WCW fans don't like this. Right. But the diehard WWF fan that was just like, yeah, fuck it. Finally. Instead of Nitro taking shots at us for all these years, yeah, we've, we've been taking it on the chin for two years. And here. all WWF did was use a fucking billionaire Ted skits. <laughs> Sucks. Even we're embarrassed of those yeah, as yeah, WWF exactly, fans. Exactly. This was like <laughs> WWF's moment to kind of like finally say things. Yes. And you have to remember too is WCW was like they wouldn't shut the fuck up about like WWF stinks and we're good now and here's the results to Raw. Yeah. You know like all that crap. What's also good about this for Sean Waltman is it turned him into a bigger star than he had ever been. True. But it wouldn't have been possible I don't think without 
the NWO run first, you know? So it was like really right. a brilliant both so, times. So there's another thing that comes out of this. He changes his name. Yes. Instead of six, he is now what? X-Pac. X-Pac. Now this is because it's like, I'm not, I'm not a number anymore. Yeah. You know, and I'm, he's in DX and I'm in DX. So I'll be X-Pac. Yeah. Cause he was six pack. Remember in six, they, they called him six pack in his nickname. Yeah. yeah. WCW. And what I like about it is from 98 to about 2000, not, a couple years after that, but up to about 2000, he has another really good run. Uh, he's able to wrestle some good TV matches. Right. Nothing, nothing amazing on well, pay-per-view, but specifically he had a great series of matches with D Lo. He did on raw. And that actually was, I feel like the WWF needed that at the time because they didn't have much wrestling going on. Cause they were, they were in such a, like, we need to like, a wow factor, right? It's like, fuck the wrestling. It's like anything right. edgy, right? What, what if we the, get the whack pack out here, bro? What yeah. if we get Hank the young, angry, angry drunken right. dwarf? So they had a couple of guys that were young, like X-Pac and D-Lo and stuff like yes. that, that could go and they and they gave them, you know, 10-ish minutes or yeah. whatever, eight minutes to just to do good to shit. Do good moves and have these like kind of, X-Pac was always, to me, always had like a lot of come from behind matches. Yes. And he actually like Tremendous he got that European title and he kind of like made it a yeah, little he bit, did. you know. It was, like it was actually like he kind of made it more of like a TV title kind of situation, right? Where it was like, yeah. oh, here's the workers. And he was uh kind of like the second in command in DX during right. their great feud with the Nation because he was also like the other singles guy. Yeah, right? yeah. His career was pretty good in the WWF. Again, after 2000, he didn't really do much of importance. Well, That's when he right. starts to come into play. But as far as ramifications, the first time when he left. I don't think it hurt the WWF at all in 96. No. They hadn't been using him that much anyway. It was a crybaby right. with a diaper. Right. But for WCW, it was great because, look, we got another WWF guy and he's right. in the NWO and he's different now. He's not a little baby, you know? And he's not one of their old guys. That was the other catch for WCW. Yeah. There. It was like, no, this is a guy that's rising. This he's is young. a younger guy, yep. right? When he leaves, though, not only is this a great move for him, clearly, right? It really gave his career even more new life at a yeah. young age, right? And I think the length he was gone was perfect. Yeah. So the audience still knew him yeah. when he came back. Yeah, it was pretty recent. And a lot of them watched Nitro, so they saw him there too. Yeah. So it was great for him. Made him a bigger star than he'd ever been. Rode the wave that WWF was cresting on at that point. It helped DX too, because that faction would have sucked if it was just Triple H. And the Outlaws. Yeah, it yeah. needed like another person. It did, I yeah. agree. And it was great for the WWF because it just threw fuel on that fire. I mean, this is where we have the Austin and Vince feud starting in earnest the night after WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. We got the Undertaker's really hot still. Yep. A lot of stuff is just the rock and breaking away from the nation is Farouk. And then who comes in and they reform DX that night on the steel cage with all four guys, Triple H, the Outlaws, and Sean Waltman. It just, again, this is not everyone's favorite era. It's not even my favorite era, but what a boon it was to get him again. You know, it got the ball rolling. You're yeah. absolutely right. It got the ball rolling again. And I did like that DX became like a real faction and not just HBK minions as much as like I, yeah. I always say that. And I like it. I like that too. For them as a company, they were allowed to like allow DX to become something they could market at that point, right? Much that, more marketable, yeah. Right? It's like that's when the DX foam hands started showing up yeah. and shit and yeah. like all that stuff and they started doing the goofy stuff and yeah. becoming faces. I think it really is a really good era for them. 
uh, and for the WWF, obviously. So all around great move uh, by Sean Waltman there. Both jumps, mm-hmm. a double jumper, if you will. Two good jumps, too. Two good jumps. For folks. him, specifically. That's right. Folks, if you have a good jump you want us to talk about, you can still get that request in. Do that, of course, on Twitter, at OVP Podcast. Shoot us an email or join the group. And hang, let us know what you think of Sean Waltman's jumps both to WCW and then back to the WWF. But Quinn, when we come back, it is week number three for the best Royal Rumble matches of all time. That's right. It's the Royal Rankings. And that is coming up right after this. As X-Pac battles the former champ, D'Lo Brown. D'Lo hoping a victory will win back his dual citizenship, but X-Pac doesn't think that D'Lo will be needing that passport anytime soon. I knew it would only be a matter of time, D'Lo, before you came sniffing around for the European title. You were heartbroken when you lost the damn thing. You even had tights made that said European champ on it, man. And it's kind of a coincidence that the return match uh, you're asking for comes right after this. Well, I got news for you. I injury isn't going to make a damn bit of difference as the outcome of our match, pal. Because when I leave the ring, I'm leaving with this. <laughs> From Harley Race to Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair to The Rock, Sting to Steve Austin, you're listening to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for being with us here. It is episode 255. Monday, January the 17th, 2022. Thanks for being with us. Hello there, Michael. Howdy. You're still here, huh? You I, didn't I, jump? I made it. Jump, jump. You didn't go over I to jumped, WCW? I jumped here. I oh, didn't jump. Good. I jumped from WCW to here. That's very there good. You go. Folks, if you want to jump on over to patreon.com slash OVP podcast, again, we mentioned we don't try to get rich off of this. We we really never want anyone to feel ripped off or like we're money grubbing that you're being taken advantage of. The reason we even have a damn Patreon is so people can support us in a convenient way and get something in return. And what you get in return is two separate shows, like we mentioned. The weekly, every Friday, 1984 canon. We're in the summer of 84 right now. It's spectacular. That's right. We are heading towards a big MSG show very soon. Speaking of a spectacular. Absolutely. And if you want to be a part of that, all you have to do is donate two bucks a month. And you get all Two the bucks. Wait, what a hot deal! <laughs> Amazing. And you get every episode stretching all the way back to January of 1982. And you can watch it in video form or just listen in convenient audio form. And that's only two bucks a month. And then on the five dollar tier, like we mentioned, you're going to get the 1984 Canon and the centerpiece of our Patreon, the monthly pay per view reviews. These are full length audio reviews of every WWF pay per view in order. We started with WrestleMania 1. Out right now, SummerSlam 94. And in a few weeks for February, Quinn cannot wait. Brett versus Backlund, Submission Match, Survivor Series 94. Mm. That's right. Oh, and Chuck Norris. (sighs) So, if you want to get your hands on that, folks, if you've been thinking about it, if you're not, you're not. Skip, hit the skip button a few more times. It'll be over. Skippy, skippy. Yeah, it's done. But if you are thinking about it, try it now. You got half of January left. If you don't like it, just cancel by the 31st. Try it. There you go. Patreon.com slash OVP podcast. All right, Michael. All right. It's time for the Royal Rankings. It is time. Now, these are important. The most important, you know, Mr. Meltzer's looking to this right now. Everyone looks to this because this yeah. is obviously official rank. This is the real deal here. It's so official. That's right. And what we the do. most <laughs> official. And what we do, folks, is each season before the season starts, we ask you, the fans, to give us a list of your top 10 of something and your bottom 10 of something. 
For this season, it was Royal Rumble matches. Very fitting. It's January. It's Royal Rumble season. Mm -hmm. Not bad. What happens is we pull two names out of the time and then we rank them. That way, by the end of the season, what you are going to have is the definitive certified organic non-GMO USDA bad times today. USDA certified organic and healthy. Best and worst Royal Rumble matches of all time. So this week is a rankings week. That's the best. Next week will be the worst again. But on that list, Quinn, let's run them down real quick. Let's run them. At number one, the 1997 Royal Rumble. Yes, is actually number one still. <laughs> number one. Wow. That's and a high honor. Very high honor. Now, a lot of people have a lot of problems with what got voted in, but I just want to make one clarification here. Quinn and I don't vote. We have nothing to do with that. And we're really, we don't try to influence what gets voted. I don't we even st- talk about it. Yeah. I don't even, I don't even go on the board and say, hey, you should vote. For <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm not like, I'm not that kind of guy, you know? No, you're not that kind of guy. So it's either what you guys already think or maybe what you've heard us talk about over the years, but hey, we're just taking your votes. If you don't like what's in here and you didn't vote, vote next season mm-hmm. for what's next. Anyway, might number, be a good idea. Yeah, it might be. Number one, 1997, uh, which beats out number two. 2000. I really like 2000. A lot of people don't. You know, I, I saw I, that. On I groups. saw that. I don't know what everyone's talking. It's about. not that good. I've told. I tried to tell you this. But the Taka and, and Jerry the yeah, King. Yeah, Doink. And, he and, says and, Dink and or Doink or whatever. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Number three, 98, which in my opinion is only marginally better than 94, which 94, is number four. I, that's the one I'm like puzzled that got voted in. You know what it is? 94 gets in because I think it has a pretty hot ending. Yeah, so the rest but, of it is whatever. It's not that good. Yeah. But the diesel run. And 94 also has a non-ending. <laughs> it's like the only one. It's shitty. It's only supposed to be one winner. Yeah. 98 is in because it's the Austin Rumble, but in terms of Austin Rumbles, I think 97 is a lot more fun. That's true. So those are the four on the board, folks. Quinn, when we talk about good Royal Rumbles, we are talking about... Memorable. Memorable moments. Yeah. Good ending. Yeah, very good ending. Maybe there's stakes. Yeah. There might be some steaks. Sometimes there's no steaks. They, sometimes they don't cook any, but the, you know, on these ones, there's tasty ones. Fish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes the roster really helps. Yeah. Sometimes if you have an all-star roster, yep. like more so than other years. It helps even to have more than like two people that you think could win. Yes. Because not obviously not the all more 30. questionable it is yeah. who's going to win is generally helpful. Agreed. So with those things said, folks, we're going to go down to Howard Finkel for the Royal Rankings. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the Royal Rankings. The World Wrestling Federation Tag Team Champions are going to go at each other, Gorilla. Maven just eliminated The Undertaker. Week number three, the best Royal Rumbles of all time, Quinn. Some bangers in that intro. There really are some bangers in that yeah. intro, and we're going to see who comes out next. Folks, obviously, let us know what you think. Do that on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Shoot us an email, join the group. We always like to know why you think what you do. The important thing is the if, why. Imagine if we just said what we thought was better and didn't explain why. Yeah, we'll just, why don't we just say now? No, no. We're no not one will do listen that. to us, right? Yeah, that would be bad. And we won't listen to you if you don't tell us why. <laughs> yeah. so, I'm just kidding. Thank you guys for being here. Anyway, Quinn, we got some 
decent names on this list so far, but there's some heavy hitters yet to come out. Let's be fair. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I'm looking at this list it's and I'm not like, good. this is not finished yet. No, God, no. I mean, if we ended here in 1997 was the greatest Royal Rumble <laughs> of all time, I think there'd be some angry people. Yeah, I'm never just... listening to this podcast ever again. <laughs> right. You guys are idiots. We already lost like six so far through this yeah. episode. So with all that said, folks, why don't we go down to the fans? They can count us down so we can find out which Royal Rumble drew number five. I'm going to tell you all with a tear in my eye this is the greatest moment in my life okay here we go yep Royal Rumble 92 big one put that cigarette out yep well I mean I feel like I already know where this is going to land right away but Let's this is, get there and say why, right? This is a significant Royal Rumble, um, it is. if you haven't heard. It is. <laughs> now, Royal Rumble 92, obviously the Knickerbocker Arena. A historic arena. In Albany. Yeah. I, that's the funny thing about this show to me is that like to me this is like one of this is like an all-time show and then i'm always like knickerbocker like it when is. it starts welcome to the knickerbocker <laughs> i'm like what the fuck is it is it a next play here no, they don't they don't now the royal rumble 92 is really well known especially amongst our fans right we don't need to go into a lot of detail about it because we just don't i mean we talked about it for the wf pay-per-view rankings not long yeah. ago we have a review of it on the archives there's you know. only really two main things you have to know a, the title's on the line. Two, this has like the most golden era of golden era roster. It's a very period. good roster. Yeah. yeah. It's well, a very good you roster. Combine those two things together and you got magic. Like you said about the title, right? Right. This is not only is the title on the line, this is the first Royal Rumble where there's anything on the line. That's true. And boy, did they start with a good thing to put on the line. God. And it was for the Intercontinental title. <laughs> It'd be silly, wouldn't it? <laughs> it, it, shit, it would like, be minor, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Brett loses it and they're like, all right, instead we're going to have it be for the Intercontinental fucking title. And everyone's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Everybody wants that belt! There's like Hulk Hogan in it and yeah. stuff. Like, Randy Savage. Yeah. What are you talking about, Gorilla? <laughs> all right, so the background on this is very simple. Survivor Series 91, we know the deal. We're at the Joe Louis Arena in Detroit. The Undertaker, who's undefeated, wink, wink, on mm -hmm. TV. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. He takes on Hulk Hogan, the gravest challenge. Ric Flair also doesn't like Hulk Hogan. His Undertaker dominates a lot of the match. Uh, but then Ric Flair walks out just to get a better view, just to see yeah, what's he, going on. He He's like holding a chair and like... He's he, showing it to the Undertaker. He's showing it to... And he just kind of like leaves it there. Uh, yeah, on the and apron. He, he, he's like wooing and stuff so he forgets about it and then Undertaker is trying to win the match. Right. By accident, Hulk Hogan's head lands on the right. on the chair. And then Flair's like, oh shit, and then he throws it out of the right. ring. Yeah. And the Undertaker is the world champion. However, we're going to move heaven and earth to have right. a new pay-per-view. Oh, don't forget <laughs> all the fucking bitching Hulk Hogan did at the conclusion of that. So the rest of Survivor yeah. Series turns into a commercial yeah. for this Tuesday in Texas. Yeah. And what happens there, Quinn? Uh, Hulk Hogan gets his belt back because why not, right? He unscrews the urn. We find out what was in it. Ashes. It's an urn. Uh, and <laughs> I mean, he, it is. And he throws him at the Undertaker. What happens, though, is Ric Flair is there because Tunney is there. Tony is there because he's like, never fucking again will this shit happen, right? Right. What's he going to do about it? He's, he's fat. Fat and old. Yeah. So Ric Flair, though, as we've always said, he picks up Tony because he got knocked down earlier yeah. and shows him the inner the urn thing yeah. with Hogan, remember? Mm -hmm. So then Tony's like, fuck all of you. The title's fucking vacant. Winner of the Royal Rumble gets it. I cannot stand idly by and take little or no action in the face of such grievous fucking circumstances. 
there's one thing with this that I never understood. The gorilla, the whole night, nice preferential treatment, right? But here's the thing. The preferential treatment just says that there can be, they can only draw 20 and over, right? Yes, correct. That's a lot of numbers, first of all. <laughs> what if you get 20? Which actually might happen here. Some one of them gets twenty. Like they're fucked. They got the screw. That they, is screw. They, they didn't really ever get their rematch. Then that's a good point. But they're owed then. Yeah, because right? isn't Undertaker now owed a rematch from Hogan beating him? Yeah, it's true. It just should be rematches. This in is his rematch. Right. <laughs> this is it. This is it. Really. So the prize here obviously is the world title. Whoever's there, we got thirty men. There can only be one winner, obviously, until nineteen ninety four. So not only are Hogan and The Undertaker in it, but there's a big amount of people uh, that are very recognizable. A few legitimate threats in this one. We'll get to them as we go through it, because right. we, we go in order here when we do the Rumble. Bobby Heenan and the Gorilla Monsoon are on commentary. Right. And they are tremendous. The the other story going into this is Bobby the Brain and Ric Flair have been like guaranteeing victory, because mm-hmm. he's the real world's champion, Correct. of course. So why wouldn't you win? Right. So we'll uh, run them down here for you. At number one... Was the British Bulldog. Right. Samovar. A contender. He won the Savile Bar, so he's a Royal Rumble expert, even though that wasn't a Royal Rumble. Popular wrestler, though, yeah. right? Number two, Teddy DiBiase. Ted DiBiase. Again, another a Royal name. Rumble stalwart. Guy usually in forever in Royal Rumble. Yeah, uh, he had been in 1990. That's yeah, and he right. gets eliminated like right away at the beginning here. By the Bulldog. Like, before the next guy even comes out. Yep. Number three, which if you watch the Coliseum version, you'd know this. Mm-hmm. Rick Flair. So Ric Flair comes out and this is where Bobby and Gorilla really get started here in this they, they go to work because all the minute Ric Flair comes out uh, Gorilla say, you can kiss it goodbye brain and it's damn like it. damn it <laughs> and there's a buster no. oh yes damn it it's Ric So Ric Flair's there and the crowd is hot about it, right? Right, because they, re- they it's almost like a ha-ha, he's going to lose yeah. and it's going to be so funny. And they're just on his case about yeah, it. Every, the whole crowd's like bugging him. Yep. Number four, Jerry Sags, a the big, big threat in this one. Technician of the Nasty yeah. Boys. Yeah. Mm, not the captain, though. No. That's Nobs. definitely Nobsy. Nobs is. Yeah. Ahaku is here at number five. He's a sub for, I don't know, Marty Jannetty. Very, very sub. I don't even know if he works there anymore. He is the captain of the Faces of Fear, though, later. Not Barbie? Definitely Haku. Excuse Are you kidding me. me? Or Mang? Guess right. not, Mang. It's okay. Yeah. Number six, the newly minted heel, Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. Now, a lot of people like to point out, like, they try to bolster this Royal Rumble with, like, oh, look, Shawn Michaels yeah. in it. That's why it's, like, good, right? Yeah, but he's not. He's, he's, he's just, very new he's, heel. He's literally just turned heel, like, five minutes ago. Yeah, it just aired uh, like he on TV. Just started his singles run. Yes, he's he's kind of nothing at this point. In fact, I don't believe he's wrestled on television as a heel yet. Until he's not this. even expressed intentions for the Intercontinental. He's not even gotten that far. No, he just got a new coat. He doesn't even have Sherry yet. She comes out with Ted DiBiase at the yeah, beginning. This is like, true. Yeah. For all intents and purposes, he's just a mad, like an evil rocker right now. Yeah, he's that's not basically. He's not the Shawn Michaels he's yet. Even he's, he even comes to the ring at this point to the New York music or whatever. <laughs> The Gershwin, whatever that is. Rhapsody in Blue, yes, yeah. Gershwin. Anyway, number seven, El Matador, Tito Santana. That's a good entry, I'll say. I, I, we love Tito, Tito around here. Right? Number eight, speaking of the Faces of Fear, the yeah. Barbarian's the, the still other, there. The other half. Barbarian doesn't like Fair. Barbarian doesn't like anybody. When I managed him, he barely liked me. Why do you think they call him the Barbarian? He's not a hairdresser on his day off, you know. 
Number nine, a name, but kind of on the downswing of the WWF run, Texas Tornado. I feel like he's like early downswing, though, yeah. right? Like 91 for most of 91. He's he, popular. He's pretty popular, yeah. Now, he it's great, though, because he gets a segment with Flair. Right. And that's which, one, which is a connection back to NWA. Yeah, and the 80s. Yeah. This is one thing I want to mention, just to pause here before we get to number 10, is Ric Flair... Although he is the centerpiece, he's not. He's also not overshadowing anyone, which is why it's really good. Doing like a, a really interesting balancing act, the whole thing. Here. Yeah, like right where he's like, he'll get into it, and then he'll get knocked away, and then like some other guys that are feuding will fight each right. other. Like you know what I mean? Like it, it basically, Ric Flair is very good at reading the room in this. He it's, is it's the best way I could describe it. He, he really he, is. He, he find he sees points where he can come in and be important because there's some kind of maybe some existing something like a good example like, with Texas Tornado. Exactly. But, but like also he, he can kind of just step back and, oh, I'm tired or whatever because yep. I've been in for a while. He's spotlighting other guys rather than overshadowing them. Right. It's, it's really well done. Number 10, for fun, Repo Man. Well, I mean, it is his time. This is, this is a, a good time period for Repo Man, right? Uh, number 11, still there, but not really. Greg Valentine. Yeah, straight from the 80s over he, here. Well, uh, he goes after Flair. Remember, they have a segment, him and Flair. Well, yeah, because remember, they're connected also, NWA. Former tag team partners. Right. Number 12, another sub. <laughs> this is very sub. How is he in this? He's not. He doesn't work here anymore either. Yeah. Uh, Nikolai Volkov. <laughs> Yeah, he's a sub for who? Like Brian Nobbs, I think. Oh, isn't Nobbs he hurt? <laughs> yeah, I think uh, Nobbs is not in there. <laughs> That's sad. Oh. That makes me sad. Uh, so Nikolai Volkov is supposed to be a face because he's got the USA on his oh, tights. Oh, we're doing that. But they boom because uh, he's in it. Yeah, he shouldn't be. Number 13, still very over from his like 90-91 run. Right. His big boss man. Yeah, like upper mid. Yes. Yeah. Huge pop for him too, yeah. by the way. And he, true. he has a great segment with Flair. Number 14, Sadly, towards the end for him in WWF mm. also is Hercules. After two solid runs, and now he's just a big loser. I know. Yeah. Missed you, Herc. Okay, so before we get to 15, Flair has made it to the point where it's just him and Boss Man. It's not all his doing. It's just like he hasn't done that many eliminations, right? right. A couple. He's done his work, but he's, he's done a few. Yeah. But it gets to the point where Flair is like begging off Boss Man, and Boss Man goes for a move. Flair moves out of the way, and Boss Man topples over the top rope. Right. Boss Man! Bobby, of course, he won. Yeah, <laughs> it's not over. Yeah. You know, and then this is a Pat Patterson like Chef's kiss right here. Number fifteen, who is it? But Roddy Piper. Roddy Piper. Why is this significant? So earlier in the night, first of all, Roddy Piper is like on a string right now of like victories. He's just won the Intercontinental his first belt in the WF ever. He could actually theoretically win his second belt all in the same night, the yep. World Federation title. So he's on a hot streak. So he's on a hot streak. But additionally. On the house show loop and on like primetime and all the other shows, Roddy Piper has really had a huge fucking issue with Ric Flair. Since, He's not a champion. So yeah, since <laughs> Ric Flair's come in. And they've essentially like Flair's initial feud before Hulk even is Roddy Piper. Yes, it is. Like it's Roddy Piper is the first person he picks a fight with. Yeah, it's like a dual feud, but he actually fucks with Piper. If I think fights Piper first, I can't right. remember on TV. And here comes Roddy. Oh no. So the crowd pops huge. Flair sells the absolute shit out of it, like like yeah. crying like almost. He, like it's over. Yeah, like it's like I'm I'm out of gas, and my biggest rivals here, and he's like he's fucking Roddy Piper. Yeah. He don't lose, right. <laughs> literally. Yeah. 
Number 16 is the heel Jake Roberts, but the best part is Bobby's all excited. He's like, Jake will save it. And Jake just sits there and watches, remember? Right. Because so here's the thing is Jake is like such a fucker already. <laughs> yes. Like, and you're like, oh, he's gonna bail out Ric Flair, obviously. And Jake the Snake, just to add to his like assery over here, <laughs> like he just sits and doesn't even get involved. It's like, what a dick. And like that gets a pop. Him yeah. sitting like gets but a it pop. It fits the character, right? right? He it's like care. why why stress himself? He's here's the other thing is Jake's here for sex. Savage. He doesn't give a shit about any of this. He's only in this so that he can get Randy Savage, right? right? That's it. That's he, he doesn't care about the world title or winning this no. dumb crap. So, there's a great bit, obviously, where, where you guys probably know, where Bobby turns on Roddy Piper in the span of, like, one minute. Remember, yeah. he's like, I've, I've always said, it's a kilt, it's not a skirt. You know yeah. the whole deal, right? It's very funny. Because he, like, goes away from Ric Flair for <laughs> yeah. a second, or, like, he, he he gets off of him. It's great. Yeah, it's dumb. Number 17, another big name. I mean, a, a very popular upper mid-carter. Still Jim, a threat. Jim Duggan. Jim the Hacksaw. Ho. Ho. Again, guy that doesn't lose. Yeah, but you know he's not winning the Rumble. Well, he won a Rumble. <laughs> he did. Touche. Yeah. Touche. The uh, former Rumble winner. Why doesn't he have a shot? That's a, <laughs> this is his chance. In fact, I think he's the only former Rumble winner so far in this. So far, yes. Unless Big John Studd has been hiding yeah. in there this whole time. Anyway, number 18, your favorite technical wrestler, Quinn, Erwin R. Scheister. <sighs> yep. He's already horning like him in for right. like a half hour. It's horrible. It's so annoying. He's so unbeatable, this yep. guy. Ugh. Number 19, I, I don't even know if he's still here what full is his time. status? Yeah, Jimmy Schnooka. Like, what is even he doing at this point? I don't remember if he was still a full-timer. He might have still been, but Jimmy you know Schnooka. Yeah, I he was. I think get confused a lot because of the fact it's January of 1992. It's so early that it's practically 91 still. Yeah. Jimmy Snuka was still on the active roster mostly in 91. He was, yeah. yeah. You know what? I think he he's still there for a little bit longer, so. Okay. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, he's a name. Number 20. So now we're into the preferential treatment period. Yeah. And number 20 is The Undertaker. What did I just say about getting, <laughs> this is This is fucking bullshit, man. Like, it's just unfair, right? Yep. Why wasn't it like, normally, like, in the modern times, if they had this kind of situation and there was preferential treatment, it would have just been 29 and 30. Hogan would have campaigned for 30, though. He would, but... <laughs> but it doesn't matter. Who cares? So, yeah, Undertaker and former champion. So, you know, you and I weren't watching in 92. And this is where I love to hear from the people that were. Who did you think would win? Right. Guys, you know what I mean? If you were watching so back I, then. From my understanding, a lot of people just thought this is like, okay, Hulk's just going to win again because he right. always wins. But I think a lot of people probably thought, well, maybe The Undertaker could win or there's some more guys. Uh, the next guy is Randy Savage. So this is another one that has a chance, definitely. Because he's recently reinstated. He's also the macho man. He's the macho man. He, he He's he, one of the best things they got. But the only thing, Quinn, is he's bad at Royal Rumbles. Right, so this finally like really comes back to haunt Randy Savage in this one. Yeah, well, he's going after uh, Jake, eliminates Jake, and then hops over the top rope. They let him go back this in because he fucked up. This is the typical Randy Savage, like, he what is he up. doing? Like, why does he always do this every time? Pinning he's good people. at every single thing in wrestling but Royal Rumbles. I uh, forgot that I couldn't jump over the top rope, you know what I mean? So Undertaker goes out it after really him. really hampers when he starts, like, giving advice about the Royal Rumble in, like, later years. Everyone ignores him. Yeah, it's like, what? <laughs> what the fuck do you Who know? The f- what the- well, you're the worst at this. Like, you're literally the worst Royal Rumbler. But very, very popular. In yeah. 92 here. Uh, number 22, Huss the Berserker. Amazing he made it into this. I love it. Yeah. Number 23, Vir- Virgil. That's actually like... <laughs> oh, no, it's not. No, what I was going to say is that he's still fresh off his like mega push. 
He's still like a major threat. Is he? Yeah. A threat? Yeah. Virgil. Yeah. Okay. Because he beat the million dollar man and all that shit. He and, he, and he's pissed off that he lost his million dollar belt. Okay. Yeah. Uh, number 24, this guy's got no shot, but a former world champion, Colonel Mustafa. Yeah, the Colonel. Uh, Iron Sheik. Iron Sheik. Well, he could win. He's a former world champion. Yeah, he absolutely is, Quinn. You're right. It's true. It is. He's still pissed off that he didn't really get a title shot again, remember? From 84 camp. From the Hulk Hogan? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Number 25, a veteran of Royal Rumbles, Ricky Martel. The, what, the record holder. Is this the one where it's like he actually is? Yeah. This Current is, record holder, Rick oh, Martel. He's been, he was in for 53 this, 73 minutes. minutes that time. Yeah. And there he is, the current record holder. Number 26, Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan, brother. Again, Hogan won the last two Royal Rumbles, 90 and 91, so he's also Hulk Hogan. I could see thinking he's going to win this. Seems like easy street. He's like near the end here. He's near the end. Yeah. Uh, number 27, another guy that could definitely win this one, Skinner. Yep. <laughs> number 28, former champion, but don't act like this matters in January of 92. It's Sergeant Slide. It doesn't matter. I mean, no Quinn. He has a chance. No Quinn. No, he has, no, he has zero out of 10 chance of if winning. If he hits that slaughter cannon, that's a good knock them out of the ring move. He's not winning anything. I mean, you better watch out for it. Wasn't he teaming with Duggan by now? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, number 29, another guy, again, realistically, this guy could win yes. this. Now, this guy actually has a real chance. Real chance. Sid Justice. Right, so Sid's getting the big push right now. They're he like, is. he's the next big thing. And he's a face. Yeah. And the fans are into him. Here comes another one. Oh, it's Sid Justice. Oh, no. Listen to this place go crazy. I forgot about him. And number 30, the warlord. Domino's pizza expert. I like him. Um, so that's the 30 guys in, right? Okay. We have talked about, God, so many times in the last five years about the ending here. Without like rehashing it every single time, the final four, mm-hmm. Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage, Sid Justice, and of course, still in this, improbably, Ric Flair. Right. Okay. So Ric Flair survived till the end so far. Survived till the end, and the whole time, Bobby Heenan is selling this match from the booth. Hyperventilating, practically. Yes, and really doing a great job getting it over. Randy Savage gets eliminated by Flair and Sid Justice. They team up. Right. So now we're down to Hogan, Sid, and Flair. And we get into a situation, most of you know this already, where you have Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan tussling on the ropes. Now, this is every man for himself, Mark Rourke. Yes, these are the rules. All three of these men that are in the ring, all three of them want to win this match. Only foes. (laughs) There's only foes. There's only foes. So Hogan and Flair are tussling on the rope, and Sid, who would like to win this and become the champion. He sees an opportunity. He dumps out the easiest guy that there is to dump out. It's like the closest person <laughs> yeah. to him, if I recall. Just like the guy that's like, he's just right right there. Because why wouldn't he dump out both if he could? Right. Sid's coming from like one side, though, and like Ric Flair's on the other. Right. So Sid is able to dump out Hulk Hogan, right? And he's like, okay, okay, it's going to be me and Ric Flair, right? Yeah. Now, Hulk Hogan, a noted monkey's butt when it comes to losing things. <laughs> he starts acting like he, like, this is he, unforgivable. like he got screwed and all this shit. It's like, <laughs> there's nothing like, there's literally nothing unfair about this elimination, like at all. Zero. Zero unfairness. And for those of you that have to defend the Hulk shirt every turn, watch Rumble 89. Hogan does this to somebody else that he was in a tag <laughs> team with. <laughs> all right. Uh, okay. Bottom line is Hulk Hogan starts crying on the outside. Fine. You want to bitch like someone stole your ice cream? Yeah. I get it, right? 
He's bitching to the refs like they should let him come back in. He tries to go back in. Yeah, they're like, they're like, you lost. And he's like, no, <laughs> no. but he went from behind and that's cheating. And it's like, what are you talking about? What is he, Russ Francis at WrestleMania 2? Like, yeah. what are we doing here? It's so stupid. I couldn't believe when he's mount, like, you can hear him. I got screwed, brother. <laughs> I gotta go back in. Yeah. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> and then the worst part. He grabs Sid. This is like, to me, I'm like, how is this guy not a heel? He's literally cheating like, in front of our faces. And in so doing, this allows Hogan to help the big heel, Ric Flair. Who, by the way, he doesn't like him. No! He helps Flair win the title. It's Flair from behind! The bottom line here, though, is Ric Flair wins the Royal Rumble. He survives. He survives the whole thing. A tremendous one-hour performance. Hulk Hogan and Sid get into a tizzy afterwards, and the fans are on Sid's side in Albany. Mm -hmm. So good job, Albany. Yeah. Happy for you. I mean, they're right. They are. Hogan was being an asshole. Right. And then we get the famous uh, post-match promo, which, you know, the put that cigarette, but Flair's promo is great. Yeah, everything about it is great. And it's a crowning moment for him in the WWF. Obviously, he had already achieved his career heights in the NWA and WCW but and things really like that. But put the mark on there that like Ric Flair, he he, the, he's a real thing in WWF. I mean, yeah, exactly. It's not he's not just like coming in for five minutes. Right, world champion, won it from number three. Right. It is uh, known as one of the, if not the greatest Royal Rumble of all time. But we will be ranking the well, rest that's of the what season. We're here for so before we uh, even get to ranking, we have to bring out. Number six, you want to go down to the fans? Let's go down. Count us down, fans. You know, Quinn, some people were worried that things after the early 2000s wouldn't make it in, but I knew it would. 2008? 2008. This is a decent decent one. I remember this one. I'd say, yeah, very good Royal Rumble. I was very happy with this Royal Rumble, to be honest. So was I. You and I saw this one together. Did we? Yes, we did. Not like at MSG, but uh, live on TV. At my house, yeah. Yeah. So this is Royal Rumble 2008, January 27th, 2008, from MSG, baby. Wow. You can't be in an MSG crowd, man. I love the entranceway. I love all of it. The short entranceway. The garden will always be the garden, Vinny. Right. And in this one, folks, we have got some real big names. Get for a the smorgasbord of wrestlers here. There's a lot of talent in this one. Right. Obviously, this is during the era where we have three brands. Two matter. One really doesn't. We have Raw, mm-hmm. SmackDown, and ECW. Now, this is during the time period where um, <laughs> if you win, you have like a choice. <laughs> and, like, why would anyone pick ECW? And for that matter, why would anybody pick SmackDown? Now, this is an interesting one, and I just want to mention this in case people wanted this too. There were actually some qualifying matches for the Royal Rumble in this one. Excuse me. The problem though is that a lot of the people that lost the qualifiers were still in the Royal Rumble anyway. <laughs> so I don't really care. So with that said, <laughs> this, this is all you need to know because you know what the funny part about that is? They probably just figured nobody's going to fucking remember. Exactly. This, is like seven, this is the era also of like, we have seven million people because there's no competition. Exactly. You're right? absolutely right. Yeah, TNA was, you know, they were a thing. Yeah. Uh, now, we do need to say who won the title matches because of this choice here. Okay. Yeah, yeah you point. know what I mean? Like, it does matter. So, uh, just to clarify the uh, 
titles here. There were two title matches. They didn't even decide the ECW because no one's going to pick that <laughs> anyway. Uh, Edge retained his World Heavyweight Championship against Rey Mysterio. Okay. Booyaka, Booyaka. Booyaka. This is when Edge had Vicky. And uh, number two on title matches is Randy Orn. He was the world champion. WWE. W- excuse me. Yes, WWE. There's a difference yeah, now. Yeah, you're right. This is when he defeated Jeff Harvey Hardy. Jeff Hardy. Oh, <laughs> is this the Royal Rumble where that said yes. Mike Adamley's at this? His debut. I also need to say, just, just so people like, because this Royal Rumble, I think, sometimes gets confused with 2009 because there's a similar thing going on here. This has nothing to do with the Royal Rumble, but just so you can remember which year this is of the two. Yeah. Ric Flair is in his career-threatening mode. Yes. So he had a match earlier. Against MVP. Against MVP if he lost. The, he, the whole like WrestleMania season, this was the stipulation in every Ric Flair match. Yes. This is, is if what, he lost, he had to leave. This is what leads to um, you know, leave the memories alone right. and all that. So just, uh, just so you have context of the other events that happen in here, because I always confuse them myself. That's gotcha. why I wanted to say that. So remember, Ric Flair is still in the company. Who cares? At number one... The Undertaker. Oh! Whoa! Smackdown's Undertaker, right? Well, The Undertaker's always a threat, right? Even in 08, absolutely. Because he's an undead zombie wizard. He doesn't (laughs) age. Come back tomorrow for all we care. That's right. Uh, He's still a threat. And now he was was in at the very end, if you recall, the year before. Do you remember that? This is true. Remember who he fought at the end? It's number two. Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels. Whoa. Undertaker won in 07, didn't he? Did he? Uh Uh-huh. Shawn Michaels, number two. Shawn Nichols. Now, that's where the fans first got a taste of it was Rumble 07. Right. And they continue the tease here. Right. With big, Rumble 08. Big build. And yep. that's that's why I brought up the Ric Flair. Yes. Just so you rem- everyone remembers, What's right? What's going on here. Yeah. Exactly. So, Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker are the first two. And then number three, very briefly, is Santino Morella. Yes. So, this is when he was actually still funny. I love Santino. Santino Morella is like... I, I, I've never said this on the show, I don't think, but he's like secretly like one of my favorite wrestlers. Well, I like late, he's so two, fun. late 2007, <laughs> early 08 Santino, before he got like really goofy. Well, before he became like a Muppet or whatever, yes. and he had a sock puppet and all this. Right. But Although when he was, I still thought, I still loved him anyway. I know. I, I didn't care, Joe. But I'm talking about when he was strictly a heel and he had like Maria still. Yeah. And he was hilarious. <laughs> I remember he got Beth Phoenix because he broke up with Maria. Yeah, it was and, good. <laughs> the garbage people. <laughs> yeah, was, that, I take your Subway sandwich, King. Yeah, like, remember King punches him, but yeah. Santino's like, fuck you. And, yeah. <laughs> and I take your delicious Subway sandwich. They associate themselves with the garbage people and they become garbage people themselves. Look, why, why don't you just get out Oh, yeah, Jenny, how about it? Hey! No! Ha ha, you lose! Anyway, he's in for 25 seconds. Undertaker quickly eliminates him. (laughs) Number four, already demoted to like not mattering that much. Great Kali. And he comes out and then he just gets eliminated. It's all sad. (laughs) Like a minute by The Undertaker. Number five, your favorite Quinn Hardcore Holly. Mm. Why is he still here? Are we in the era? (laughs) I'm going to train Cody Rhodes or whatever. And everyone's like, what the? Wait, he's still here after that? I thought that was like the end of him. No, <laughs> that heard he happened. I'm good, slap nuts or whatever he says. He stinks, man. He's like the worst. 
at this point where he's just like completely irrelevant. <laughs> Why is he still there? I don't know. Number six, uh, he is now John Morrison at this point. He's no longer Johnny Nitro by this. This is when, in case you didn't watch this era, folks, some people didn't, mm-hmm. right? Some people stopped watching like 15, 20 years ago <laughs> and they still listen to us, which yeah. I love you guys for that. John Morrison is really, this is very hard to fathom. There's a band called The Doors. Yeah. Right. Okay. And Who are they? You, <laughs> just kidding. The lead singer, Jim Morrison. Right. He, I, he's just like him. Why am I talking like Woody Allen? Anyway. But anyway, he is like one of their top flight um, as far as like guys they want to keep for a long time and push. Like you could tell he's like in that, that the category. Future. The future. He's got a good look and they've sent him over to the ECW to kind of like, so he's not getting overshadowed. I think that's really why they yeah, did that. Yeah, to like, be a bigger fish in a smaller pond, technically. Exactly, because yeah. this was before they had NXT, so ECW basically was that at this point. It was, yeah. yeah. And he's in for about a half hour. It's right. a good showing here. Number seven in the ECW original, Tommy Dreamer. Tommy Dreamer, baby. Proudly from where? Yonkers. There you go. Number eight, SmackDown's own I want a title match, Batista. Well, he could get a title match if he wins. So <laughs> There you go, Batista. Big face, though. Yeah. Big pop for him, mm-hmm. I remember. I mean, he's still a big deal. Yes. Oh, yeah! The man who won the 2005 Royal Rumble! Number nine, also a very big deal, is Hornswoggle. Well, he's in for quite a long time, Joe. (laughs) He's in so long that he disappears and he never comes back again. He never comes back, folks. (laughs) Aw. Does does that mean he wins? Yeah, he he never got eliminated? You're right. He won. He could have just scurried to the leprechaun Uh world underneath the ring. Remember Curtis Axel. Remember he showed us. Yes. It's real. No, I know it is. In the canon. You always, like, make fun of me, but, like... Well, I mean... Shawn Michaels and Triple H, like, discovered it. Remember? They went after him that yeah, time. when Triple H was the leader of DX, right? He wasn't, but... Number 10 is Chuck Palumbo. Wow, he's still here. It's even <laughs> wait crazier to me. Wait a minute. 2008? Okay, even I don't remember that. Maybe I, he's, like, a sub. I, th- <laughs> <laughs> I think he had come back. It's not from his original run. I think he came back in, like, 06 or something. But holy... He's on sh- SmackDown. It doesn't yeah, matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And then after Chuck Palumbo is one of Quinn's actual yeah. favorites, Jamie Noble, boy. Jamie Noble, boy. He's he, so good. He is. Very talented guy. Former Ring of Honor champion. That's right. <laughs> he's in for a whopping 28 seconds because uh, Chuck Palumbo, who I believe he was feuding with, eliminates him. Lovely. Number 12, Tony Legday. Listen up. Wake up, buddy. Yeah, wake up. Here he is. CM Punk. From the EC Dub brand. Yep. Remember, remember, this is the Anacon device era. He knew Mui. Yeah, he knew Mui, and he, he had that weird... <laughs> <laughs> hangs on again! And sorry, Andrew Rogers, for the singing. Number 13, we're talking about this guy a few times in the last week also, yeah. Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes, future owner of a company. Yep. Uh, this is the point where he had been trained by Hardcore Holly or whatever. Trained? How do you get trained by Hardcore Holly? They're actually still a team. What? Yeah, he's still like That's aligned still with still going on? Remember, it doesn't end until he... T- I thought that shit was like on EC Dub. I didn't even think it was like on... Raw. He, it doesn't end until he teams up with Ted DiBiase Jr. And then Manu is there later. Oh, Remember no, that? not Manu. Manu. Don't so, tell me he's in this Raw Rumble. No, he's not. That's okay. later. Manu. Is, who's, is Manu like Samu's son I or something? Who knows? Alpha Jr. Yeah, he, it is, right? He's, he's the Rock's cousin. That's all you need to know. Just like Roman. Yeah. Anyway. 
After Cody, we have a guy I really loved at the time. and Also I st- related to The Rock. <laughs> and I st- still love him retrospectively. <laughs> Umaga. Umaga. I, we both liked Umaga, right? Yeah, Umaga. Umaga. Remember when he started to get over his face for some reason? People just liked him. Like he was, yeah. <laughs> there was something likable about yeah. Umanga. Right. I really think also William Regal helped with the Umanga thing. He did. Took last week from Umanga. I mean, he's no no condition to perform tonight. Against who? Umanga. You mean Umaga? That's exactly it, sir. Umanga. Yes, big Samoan fellow, funny hair. We're at the halfway point, so what a better time for a Snitsky than halfway. It wasn't his fault that it he was, was at the halfway point. wasn't. Now, this is, if I'm not mistaken... Is he the bald version? Yeah, yet? he's like imitation bald cane. Oh, yeah, he looks exactly like him. But he had the yellow teeth or something. Such a weird guy. It's all bad. Back knee. <laughs> it's true. It's all, he was very scary to me. Yeah, not good. <laughs> it wasn't his fault, though. Yeah. Number 16 from ECW partner of John Morrison. Right. Dumb is. In his sideways hat phase. Yeah, and like, stupid mohawk like yeah. his faux hawk. You know, I will say this. It is pretty impressive that the Miz came from that. It is, isn't yeah, it? Like, it's like, he was just this like, joke character. He really was. Oh, he's from the real world. Yeah. And silly shit. He just kept wrestling. He just is like, you know what? I'm just going <laughs> to keep doing this until I get good at it. He's a veteran now. He's been there forever. Yeah, it's almost like 20 years or something. It's like 16 years or I, some I, shit. I see, we're heading to 20. We're good. only four years away. <laughs> Another guy who, you know, interesting that he had a resurgence, you know, is Shelton Benjamin. Yeah, Shelton Benjamin, <laughs> as some people used to call him. I know, but remember when he came back a couple years back? Yeah, that's true. Four Another years guy ago who so? came back later. And you know what? Always a good, talented wrestler in all yeah, seriousness. Yeah, this was actually during the era, and actually gets eliminated by Shawn Michaels. Shawn yes. Michaels is the same guy that basically put him over. Remember his, his series match of matches yeah, with yeah. Shawn Michaels. Yep. Okay, so number uh, eighteen is a very elderly, sixty-four-year-old Jimmy Snuka. Yeah, I have no time for this. <laughs> number nineteen. Oh, this, isn't this a coincidence? Roddy Piper. Roddy the Piper. No matter what, Kane eliminates them both, uh, and that he's not even in yet. He's number 20. Aww. Okay, so Kane is not corporate Kane yet, but he's bald Kane. He's bald Kane, which I don't like as much. No one does. Yeah. Number 21, a man who spits in the face of people that don't want to be cool, Carlito. Remember him? Remember when his dad was in the 93 Rumble? Yeah. That the, youngster. The, he was a youngster then. <laughs> I liked Carlito. I thought it was good. It was I, fun. What happened to this guy? Because he seemed like on the... Like, he was talented, he had, like, charisma and stuff, and then he just, they de-pushed him, and he just disappeared off the face of the earth, and, what? like, went to, like, I don't really don't know where he went, honestly. Wasn't he there, like, this year, or last, I mean, you know, there like was like year? a There was, like, he came in a rumble, or, or something, old. like, because he isn't. Like, he was young, he was very young when this happened. Like, he's he one is. of those he's guys who here. got popular really quick, and he was really young, yeah. and then he, they just were like, no. Like, base essentially, right? Yes. They just, like, wrote him off the show. That was weird. I This whole thing with Carlito was very weird. This whole run. I feel like it was something with attitude or backstage or politics or something he with him. He wasn't popular with people. Yeah. I, I don't know. And I don't know if it was his own doing or what. You, yeah. You, you never Who the know. Hell? He was also like a kid. He might have just done some dumb shit. Exactly. Because he was actually young. It happens. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, number 22. This is cool. This is because this guy isn't really old. He's like 42. Right. Mick Foley. Mick Foley. Mick Foley. So, so Mick Foley's here, right? Yeah. And this is like, are we getting ready for like him like 
having one more huzzah where he like went through a flaming table or whatever. I uh, know that that actually happened oh, that, already. That happened like a year ago with Edge, right? Episode six, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, this is just Mick Foley being Mick, just coming out of retirement for this. Yeah, it's good. He actually has a, a good exchange with someone later, which I'll mention, but. Mm-hmm. Nick's not Santa Claus yet or whatever the fuck, <laughs> no. you know what I mean? He's still the hardcore legend he, or whatever. He looks like Mick Foley still no. for the most Mick part. Mick Foley! Yeah. <laughs> Stop. Number, Sneakers. <laughs> number 23 in sweatpants. I don't care. I never really liked him. I never did either. I don't think he's that good. I think his gimmick is stupid. Yeah. And, but he's also, uh, remember, he was supposed to be Vince's son or something and ended up being Hornswoggle. Even though it was really Finley's son because JBL knew in the worst feud ever. Yeah. Remember, they remember they kept that? passing the sonship of, horn, like, <laughs> of Hornswoggle. Remember like Paul London smiled at Vince before the limo blew up and then yeah. he got fired? <laughs> oh my goodness. These Th- are this things, is real. These are things that happened. And we I can't st- believe Paul London is still fired over that. Remember? Smiling. He hasn't come back since. It's like 14 years ago. Can we let it go? Like he's probably he's the kind of guy he's probably not even old. He's probably like thirty-eight or something. No, there's no way he's only thirty-eight. Let's find out right now, live Paul. on the show. Paul London. He's probably like forty though. Like not old, you know? Not like like guy who could still come back and wrestle. He's only forty-one. Come on. He's still paying for that smile. I think he's grown out of it, Vince. I think you can hire him back. Please. Now I don't know for real if he was really fired for that. Anyway, twenty-three. Mr. Kennedy. Yeah, after that big, long-winded explanation. Kennedy. Yeah. <laughs> so, his gimmick is that he said his name twice. Number 24, Big Daddy 5. Big Daddy 5. Now, this, v. what's the attire? Strappies? This one's really weird. Like, yeah, he's got strappies. No and he, shirt. But his head shaved or something, and his eyes, he has those weird contact lenses. Can you see his nipples is what I yes, want to know. Yes, very nipply. <laughs> He's very nipple <laughs> Nipple H. Frank J. Nipple and Son. This is this is story. This is that era. This is like when that happened. Kali Nipple and Son. Yeah, Kali Nipple and Son and all that. Today on the program, I am a cat. I am a cat. Number 25, Mark Henry. SmackDown's Mark Henry. Yes, SmackDown's Mark Henry. Now, this is when he was more of, like, he was pretty established by this point. He wasn't, like, jokey or anything. Yeah, he's like a legit competitor here. Yeah. One of the top guys on SmackDown, if I recall. He was. Number 26. <laughs> Chavo. This guy, Chavo. You don't like him, right? I just... You think I, he's I, minor? I find it so fascinating that he can get hired by multiple companies to this day. You don't find him very good? No, I find him to be terrible. <laughs> terrible? Like he's nowhere near Eddie Guerrero or any of the Guerrero family. Well, of course he's not. I mean, no one's Eddie. He ain't no Mondo either, let me tell you. My biggest issue is that he tends to, like, horn in in weird places, like, on Lucha Underground and, like, TNA. He'll just appear, and they're like, legendary Chavo Guerrero. Legendary from what? From having that little, like, horse that time on WCW (laughs) in the 90s? Like, he never was good. Damn, Quinn. By the way, he was the ECW heavyweight champion here, if you care. What a legend. Number 27, Hornswoggle's dad, Finley. Wait, he's the ECW champ, but he's in the Royal Rumble? Yes. What if he wins? Does he not have to, does he fight himself? What do you mean? I'm he asking. just picks the other champions. Oh, Because okay. they matter more. But so, they could pick him, though. That's the weird thing. If they win. Yeah, but. That's odd. That means he didn't win, so yeah, it's okay. Strange. Anyway, Finley's dad, I mean, uh, Hornswoggle's dad is number 27. Finley. Yeah, but Finley. not really. It's JBL or something, right? No, JBL is the one that pointed out that Finley was actually. Oh, I see. And it's it wasn't it's so confusing. It's terrible. That's why. 
Finley doesn't actually enter the match or he tries to. He's disqualified. I forget. How do you get disqualified it, from the Royal Rumble? It, it doesn't matter. Uh-huh. Uh, something with Shillelagh. Number 28, Elijah Burke. <laughs> yeah. Remember him? Yes. The Pope. The Pope. Uh, mm-hmm. Better elsewhere, yeah. honestly. It's true. But not bad. Yeah. Number 29, the guy that we all think is going to win uh, because this era. Uh, okay, let me just say this. To- we, need to, we need to tee up what happened here. Yeah. Let me clarify something. Triple H. And I'm speaking strictly as objectively as I can, okay? Not even what I think. He had a few distinct runs. I'm mm-hmm. not saying they're good. I'm not saying they're bad, okay? Mm-hmm. Once he became a, a main player, let's say the day after WrestleMania 14, right? He had his mid-card, like, on-the-rise run. That's 98 into the spring-summer of 99. Okay. Then he turns heel, and he has the main event push. It takes a while to get him going throughout the rest of 99. Mm-hmm. Then once he hooks up with Stephanie... I'm talking kayfabe on screen and has the Foley feud by 2000. He has a a very successful 2000. Okay. This stretches into 2001 up to WrestleMania 17, that Mm -hmm. same era. Then quad. Yes. Then when he comes back at Royal Rumble 02, he's a face. What a story. I heard the greatest competitor. (laughs) And now I'm going to interject my opinion. I don't like that run. Uh-huh. I like when he's heel again and he feuds with Sean at the comeback match at SummerSlam and all that. But then after that, that's Katie Vick and he gets horrible. Right. And then he does the Harley race run where he doesn't have the beard and he has like the purple sometimes. So this is, from this point forward, I cannot stand him. Until 06, he turns face, right? Mm-hmm. He's like, dude, Shawn Michaels coming yeah. back and like people are like, blouse. oh, he's okay. He's got the shirt yeah, on, yeah. tanked up. As long as Shawn Michaels is hanging out with him, we're fine with this, right? Basically, yeah. that's what happens. And then he becomes like a lighthearted comedy character for sometimes. DX Babies edition. DX Babies. But then this friggin' 2008 deal, 07 going into 08, he'd had the second quad injury already. It kept him out of main eventing his precious WrestleMania 23 <sighs> against John Cena. So Shawn did it instead. Remember that when Shawn Michaels phantomly did like a mate, he was like a sub for a WrestleMania main event. And he was excellent in it, yeah. by the way. WrestleMania hey, main event sub. And he was great. Like, that never, that has never <laughs> happened. It probably never will again. Anyway, Triple H is still a big deal here. Right. And I know he had a few years left, but as a regular full-time wrestler. Now. But I was done with him. I think at this point now, and I know this is kind of spoiling it, but everyone knows this Raw Rumble, right? Yeah. The writing seems on the wall. So remember, John Cena couldn't wrestle. Yeah, he tore his pec. He's supposed to be out for six months. This is from October, right? Right. Six months to a year, they said. So he's not supposed to be back for quite some time. At least the summer. So Triple H comes in here, and everyone's like, oh, God. Remember, I think there was already, like, a foreboding, like, oh, no. Well, because Triple H does come in, and he eliminates. I'm just going to run down. He has the most eliminations in this match. He eliminates Batista, Cody Rhodes. (sighs) Mick Foley, that was the one he had a good exchange with, uh, right. you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Big Daddy Five. So By he's himself? Like, I'm, I'm going to win. A, yeah. yeah, I thought Big Daddy Five was supposed to be the fat guy and everyone gets him out. Well, only Triple H can. So number 30, we get the countdown. We're at MSG. And in one of my favorite moments, I'm not kidding, mm-hmm. from this period of time or in a, in a long time, John Cena's music hits. Who's number 30? That's being, for him to from being in it. Kidding me? Oh my God! Triple H's expression told the entire story. 
what is amazing about this, right? So first of all, he shouldn't be back. Right, no, he, he really shouldn't. He be. really shouldn't be, but he's miraculously healed or something. And I honestly, he just went on to keep wrestling. So, like, yes. I guess he was fine. Yes. Secondly, we're still in the era of like people don't like John Cena. However, Triple H is such a piece of crap. Nobody wants to see him win this, right? And where are we? We're in Madison Square Garden. Again, they shouldn't like John Cena, but his music hits, and everyone in unison realizes. Oh hell yeah! Triple H is screwed, and the big surprise of yeah. Cena w- of yeah. coming back. Yeah, it was amazing. It really was, and and the other thing about it too is MSG, one of the most cynical crowds. Right, they forgot for a few seconds <laughs> that they that don't like John Cena. Yeah, it was a genuine emotion. <laughs> yeah, it was like holy shit, he's back. This is one of the moments that I always point out. Why I'm always like a John Cena defender. This is the magic of John Cena. Yep. On full display, right? It's great. Like, you think you don't like him. Right. But when he comes to save the day, hell, like, just go get him, John. Like, he's so good. And even Triple H, and they knew what they were doing. Triple H looks at him, like, all dejected, like, but I'm supposed to win. This is supposed to be viral, Rumble. And it's like, no, it isn't. Because John Cena's Superman, and nobody beats Superman. And guess what? Nobody did. John Cena eliminates Triple H. Of course he does. Wins the Royal Rumble. Thank goodness. And I gotta say, Michael, this is a very, very good Royal Rumble. Yeah. Although the ending does really help it. Uh, but it does have the no, Shawn Michaels the Undertaker. Good. We forgot to mention this, but Shawn Michaels and Undertaker are in there for 32 minutes yes. each. Uh, Shawn eliminates Taker, and then Shawn no, goes take, out right take, away. Yeah, you're right. Sorry, excuse me. You had it right. Yes. Super kick or something. Yeah. And it had a good performance from John Morrison, don't forget, as well. Right. That was like a nice thing for him. MAGA had a good showing in it. CM Punk was CM in for Punk. 23 minutes. I mean, like... They really did a good job here. And even the Hall of Famers, as much as like the Hall of Famers were in for like a second, but <laughs> yeah. we, we keep bringing this up because it's a theme that they always give the old guys or whatever in there. Right. I thought a decent pick here, especially Roddy Piper. I thought it was a decent pick too, especially yeah. with Piper in the garden. I mean, Snooka and Piper in the garden. You knew they were picked because of the garden. They, they were two garden guys, right. right? You know what I mean? Yep. When it is ranking time here, we had a lot of details to go through. We went through them. It was a long one. It happens in the rankings. Let's yeah. run them down for everybody as a refresher. Number one, 1997. Number two, 2000. Number three, 98. Four, 94. Okay, Royal Rumble 92. Um, It's better than 94. Yeah. It's better than 98. It's yeah. better than 2000. It's better than 97. Yes, I think it it's is. number one. It's number one. I don't even think we need to like literally not even debate it. The only thing I'm going to say I is I can't this. even like right. have zero arguments for any of these Royal Rumbles right. being better than 92. When it comes time for if there are any more qualified Royal Rumbles that go up against it, I'll say more. Yeah. But the only thing I'm going to say here is out of all of these, this is the only one with the title on the line. Right. And this one has the most in-ring storylines. And star power. Uh, Yeah. Hulk Hogan, Macho Man. Yeah, star power. Maybe not... Sid Justice. Credible winners also. people. Ric Flair. Besides 97, Mm -hmm. the rest of these are pretty much foregone conclusions. Yeah, nobody thought Ric Flair was going to win. Well, I mean, people probably did, but also Hogan could have, also Sid could have, maybe Undertaker could have, yeah. maybe Savage could have. In 97, Roddy it was like... Piper? Maybe, yeah. In 97, it's like Brett yeah. or Austin, mm-hmm. maybe, right? In 2000, The Rock, no one else, right? Yeah. In 98, clearly Austin, right? Yeah, that wasn't even anything. And in 94, Brett or Luger, and they both won. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the story throughout the match, the world title being on the line, Ric Flair's performance, the roster, 
the crowd, the commentary, all of it. 1992 is number one right now. Mm-hmm. 2008, I'm going to throw something at you. Better than 94. I agree. Better than 98. I agree. Better it is a surprise. There's an actual surprise for once. Better than 2000. Roster, in-ring action, ending, surprise. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll give it to it. Right? Yeah. 97, though. These are a this battle only, of two surprises here, right? This is the only one, I think, that maybe gives it a hard I time. I agree. 97, the roster... Is horrible. That's it, that, it that, that that's the one with like like uh, heavy metal and Hack all the that. Gaza bro, yeah. like yeah. all that fake <laughs> Razor Ramon. Oh man! The difference here is like they make light of that by having Austin toss a lot of people quickly. Yeah, they work with it. They're like honest with you yeah. about, about the people in this, which is always nice and refreshing in Royal Rumble, right? Where it's like, right. no, 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 like the stars they get rid of people that suck. Right. So the heavy hitters are guys like Undertaker, the Final Four, right? Brett. Vader, Vader, Steve Austin, uh, Mankind also has yeah. a good showing that Bulldog, mm-hmm. Owen. Also, the Austin thread is really fun. The getting alone in the ring, push-ups, checking his watch, the Brett thing, the ending. Yeah. The Brett thing when, he, when Brett comes out and Austin freaks. Yeah. That shit's great. 2008, however, has relative to its time a better roster. That's true. Relative to its time. A lot time. of people who were coming up and would eventually be something. Right. Credible winners in, in 2008, Undertaker. Mm-hmm. Batista, Triple H. Once Cena's in, Cena it's obviously. It's weird that Batista is like a side note in that Royal Rumble because Bat- Batista is like a bit. He's like a heavy hitter in that one. He is, like, right? You know what I mean? Like he's like, oh, he might win. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Uh, so not only is there a good number of credible possible winners in '98, yeah, '08, excuse me. I think the match is better than '97s. I think it's actually the second best one on this list so far. 92 and then 2008. I sort of agree, only because yeah. I, I think the roster's better. I, the I really think better. that helps a lot. And I think the match is better. I think the in-ring action... The, the r- surprise is even more of a surprise because at least Austin's in the whole fucking time. Like, yeah. it does seem like maybe he can win. John Cena, you don't even know he's in the Royal Rumble. I know. Like, you know what I mean? It's pretty good. Yeah. You gotta I, give him credit. Now, I know some people might say, well, doesn't that invalidate the whole thing that John Cena just comes in at 30 and wins? No. Did it invalidate the year before when Undertaker came in in 30 at one? No. So okay. I'm just I'm just pointing it out. 30's allowed to some, win. Some people might say like they just teleported him in and he just wins. I think there's very few people that like Triple H more than John Cena. Very few. <laughs> um, but I will say this is some people might also say this is the height of John Cena's Superman. Yeah, but this was also the height of Triple H annoying man. Yeah. Like enough. Yeah. You know, it's what, like, like you've been the champion like 26 times. Yeah. Like, do we really need another one? And you know what's interesting? He never ha- was ever again after when was the last time he was like 06. He never actually wanted the. I'm saying in his original run, Quinn. No, I was going to say, mean, what about t- that Royal Rumble? <laughs> we talked, we talked about, about it last about- week. I know. I know. I don't mean that. <laughs> that horrible shit. <laughs> I don't mean that. Anyway, so we're in agreement. We're going to put 2008 as number two, right? Yeah. Sure. Good. Yeah, I'm fine with that. See, again, for those of you guys that were worried about Again, so far, though. This is so far. So far. There could be more. That's a high honor for 08. Mm -hmm. That's actually a really, really good Royal Rumble. Right. And we haven't even gotten to like 89, 90, or I don't know if they'll draw. I don't know the votes, but I'm just saying we haven't even gotten like those ones. There's other ones. We've got four left, right? We've got two more weeks of this. So I have a feeling it's going to be 80s heavy going forward just based off what I'm seeing here. We'll see, Quinn. Process of elimination, if you will. Elimination processing. Yeah. We're locking it in? Yeah, let's lock it. All right, folks. So for week number three here on the Royal Rankings at number one, not a big surprise, Royal Rumble 92, but maybe a surprise to some people. 
Royal Rumble 2008 in the number two spot. Number three, 1997. Four, 2000. Five, 98. And six, 94. That's the updated rankings for week number three. Let us know yours. Let us know why. You can do that on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Shoot us an email or join the group. Quinn, when we come back, it's a cavalcade of WWF wrestling. What? WWF cavalcade is coming up right after this. You know, just like usual Hulkamaniacs, our timing couldn't be better, man. It's impeccable at this point. With The Undertaker and Paul Bearer and Ric Flair and Mr. Perfect flaunting around the WWF like a bunch of wild banshees, what better way to cage them up right in the Royal Rumble? Take care of all the family business on one given day. Well, Don Corleone, Hulk Hogan brother, is going to find a nice place not only to deposit The Undertaker, but a place to deposit Ric Flair, Mr. Perfect, Paul Bear, and anybody else in the WWF that tries to stop me from getting the WWF title back. I'm taking a walk on the wild side for the maniacs. The train of the prayers, the vitamins. I'm going to throw it right in your face and eat you live in the Rumble. Hello, wrestling fans. It's time to shout out our friends of the show now. These are other independent podcasters that do their best each and every week to put out a unique program focusing on old wrestling, kind of like OVP. Let's start with the best of Southern Fried Wrestling. We're talking filthy. We're talking unprofessional wrestling podcast. We're talking about booking the territory where you will get your fix of the NWA each week. And then for a whimsical journey led by one man, Pete Winson, Check out Greetings from Allentown. It might be WWF, it might be WCW, it could be Mid-South. So check out our friends of the show. We're talking about booking the territory and Greetings from Allentown. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for being with us here. It's episode 255. Hello there, Michael. Howdy. You know, we're reviewing something. It's time. We are. It's time, folks. And if you want us to review something of yours... All you have to do is go to our Facebook group. We're taking your requests in perpetuity. There's a post on Facebook called Specific Episode Review Requests. Post a link there if it's on the internet or if it's on Peacock. Just put the name of it, whatever the case may be. Richard Land is actually doing our schedule for us. That's right. We have pretty much no say in what we review anymore. Yeah. I guess you just have to talk to Richard about it. If you want to influence him, maybe slip him a few uh, pounds or something like that. Oh, yeah. Pounds. Buy him a few pints. Euros. I don't know. Get him a couple of packets of mushy peas. However, they sell them. Mm -hmm. A couple of tubs. Yeah. How do they sell the mushy pea? Tub? I don't know. Packet? Get him pence. Get him a few pence. Yeah. You can maybe influence him. But really, thank you, Richard, for doing that for us. So, Quinn, we are reviewing... WWF Cavalcade. What the hell is this now? Well, oh, okay. What the, <laughs> the hell is Cavalcade? So this is from... <laughs> this is from what Ju- a dumb name, by the way. What a dumb name. Now, did you look up what a Cavalcade was? According to Google, it's a formal procession of people walking on horseback or riding in vehicles. The hell does this have to do with wrestling? Well, we're getting a procession of people walking. To the ring. Yeah. Uh, so, so it's not even a procession. It's just peep one at a time. That's not a procession. That's, that's a line. Well, let me mention this. This was suggested by Kelly Smallwood. Okay. He lives in a country known as Canada. Canada? Yeah. Okay. And in Canada, on CTV, Canadian television. What a clever name. <laughs> they, I, I watch know. ATV, American TV. They have a... um. A different version of the show that we would call here WWF Wrestling Challenge. Challenge! Why didn't they just call it Wrestling Challenge? I don't know. I think uh, they just said, this sounds Canadian. 
Like, I, I guess maybe. Were they looking for a synonym for stampede? Yes. yes. Man, something like that. They, uh, it kind of makes yes, sense now. That's what it was. Thought I could add a good cavalcade. Brandon Hart was probably on cavalcade wrestling. Sure he was. But this is really challenge, okay? This is wrestling challenge. Now, what is wrestling challenge? Well, no, we're not doing this again. Everyone knows what challenge was. It was the fucking B-show. We get it. All-star wrestling came first. Blah, blah, blah. Shut the fuck up. And since it was the Beast show, it mattered even less than superstars. Which allows Bobby and Grill to just screw around the whole time. Which, if I had to call some of these matches, I would want to do the same. <laughs> They're having, like, their cannon. Yeah. Your girl and, and Bobby it's just, cannon. It's just more prime time just <laughs> yeah. in your wrestling <laughs> right. show. Like, that's basically what's happening. <laughs> but, see, Cavalcade takes wrestling challenge, edits out certain references to local things, obviously. Yeah, and edits in Billy Red Lions. <laughs> yeah, it's in Billy Red Lions. And apparently, like, it started in September of 86, just like Challenge did, so it didn't exist before that. But apparently, it was actually not Challenge until the early 90s. So it they used just gave to, up. They tried to do like other things, like mixed, like they mixed different clips in for a while. This is a note here from Richie. At least the latest he was aware of this still being on. August of 96. Holy shit. Of it still being branded. Of their <laughs> Why still is being- that still going at that point? Well, then again, isn't there like it's shotgun all-star yeah. challenge, yeah. whatever it is? <laughs> like, you know what I'm it's talking the, about. The shotgun all-star challenge. Yeah, that shit still yes. exists in America, yes. so why not Canada? So anyway. Without Cavalcade any- shotgun. <laughs> Cavalcade <laughs> shotgun. Without any further ado, let's just get into it. Thanks, Kelly Smallwood. This is WWF Cavalcade, uh, June 25th first 92 so we're in between wrestlemania 8 obviously and SummerSlam 92 and we get some fiery production music while clips of you know jobber matches are playing various clips of 91 slash 92 action peppy rock peppy rock yep. peppy rock yep feels like the last raw for the golden age folks in this opening huh yeah like hogan and all those yeah. guys savage is still yeah it's trying to fade away here it gets weird uh anyway the cavalcade logo then appears looking like it was made in kid picks might have been it might have been picks was a powerful program joe <laughs> It's real. Very powerful, Tony. Uh, Gorilla and Bobby welcome us from Definitely Not Wrestling Challenge. Hello, everyone. I'm Gorilla Monsoon along with Bobby the Brain Heenan. Girl has a very smart, very dapper gray suit. Brain has a tweed color jacket. And I don't know if you noticed this, Quinn, but that crappy pink shirt was under it. Oh, I Did didn't you even, catch that. I didn't yeah. Even catch it. It was like peeking out. Whoops. You know the shitty pink. I know what you're talking about. Anyway, Girl says thank you to all the dads here. It is Father's Day. And he asked what Bobby is getting from his dad. A yacht! Yeah. A new car! I like the assumption that Bobby gets presents <laughs> yeah. from his dad on Father, Father's Day, even like before Gorilla like, yeah, corrects like, it. I know you're a piece of shit. You get stuff <laughs> from your dad. Is he getting you stocks and bonds? Yeah. Cash money? Cash money. But no, Bobby says his dad is an ingrate, and he's never gotten him anything. And then Gorilla's hilariously pissed off here, as Bobby, Bobby <laughs> mentions his dad's name is Ivan Heenan. That's not real. <laughs> There's no be. real way. That, that is a Bobby the Brain on the fly special. There's no There's way. There's no that's... fucking way. We walk into a restaurant. They don't say, hey, there's Ivan Heenan. They say, no, there's Bobby the Brain's dad. Brain rants on and on, and the gorilla just starts starts yelling. Then the girl's just like, "Just for you, Pop Heenan, your kid's a fraud, and you know it." <laughs> like, <laughs> a special tribute just for you, Pop Heenan. Your kid's a fraud, and you know it. So normally that would have gone to the challenge intro, and you could hear the music creep in, but because mm-hmm. this is Cavalcade, it jump cuts to Gorilla doing a voiceover exclusively for Cavalcade. Here we go. This week on WWF Cavalcade. 
And then the logo is even worse now, whatever the hell they drew on here. <laughs> it looks like shit. It's, it's really bad. Really bad. And they run down some things that you're not allowed to mention, Quinn. I know, I know. I'm not supposed to spoil things, but this one's too funny not to what? because Gorilla just yells. This is right after just making fun of Heenan. He goes, oh, and another crybaby's going to be here, Ric Flair. <laughs> like, Gorilla's like merciless. Like, so grumpy. Yeah, it's like, what the hell? It's great. Uh, so we go down to ringside where it's Mike McGurk, of course, for challenge, and she introduces Crush. Can we turn this off yet? <laughs> We get a lot of crush on these reviews, don't we? He seeps his way in <laughs> he really, somehow. He's just on everything. Anyway, he's in a yellow and purple gear. He's recently returned here, and he still has the darker hair. Looking stupid. His opponent in the ring, Barry Horowitz. Oh, okay. yeah. So referee Quinn, Roger Ruffin in the house. So we must be near Indiana. Remember, he's like Indiana exclusive or something. Yeah, it's real. I thought Indiana's favorite son was Bobby, though. And Roger Rabbit. Yeah. Roger Ruffin Rabbit. It's the best name for a ref. Roger, Roger Ruffin. Ruffin. It's so good. Yeah. This should be brisk, hopefully. Anyway, mm-hmm. Gorilla and Brain are bickering about Father's Day still as we get a bell dodge by Barry, and he talks some shit to Crush. Another dodge on the lockup and a pat on the back by Barry. Oh, we're already doing that, huh? Yes. It's weird Barry having a gimmick. Yeah, a little heel gimmick here. Barry's good. Yeah. I mean, we saw him as a heel not long ago in Memphis. It's true. He's not bad, man. Wasn't uh, he didn't have a different name or something? Jack like? Hart, right? Jack Hart. Jack Hart. Still with the heart by that point. You know, he wasn't my brother. Barry then yells at somebody to shut up in the crowd. Very good. Right hands by Barry and then an uppercut and Crush starts making doofy faces at him. Why should we root for this dick that was like just in demolition? Like, seriously. Remember, they don't even acknowledge that, which is weird, but they yeah. keep his name. We never heard of him. <laughs> He's new. You're the youngster, brain. Yeah. Barry tries another punch. Crush catches it and crushes Barry's hand. Big press slam. Sold with a lot of yelling by Barry. Off the ropes. Big shitty leg drop by Crush. Back up Irish whip by Crush. Backbreaker. Some elevation there. I got to say, he's got some good power moves. I'll admit mm-hmm. that. A headbutt by Crush. Hot shot for fun. Crush then goes all the way up top. Lands a forearm and signals for the cranium crunch, which even Gorilla calls that name. I hate that move. It's a bad move. I can't stand it. Although I think it would be funny if they had just named him Crunch. <laughs> yeah. Why is it called the Cranium Crush? Right, that's like, what I mean. Why Why make it more confusing? Crunch. What if his name was Crunch, though? It, Captain Crunch. Yeah. You know by the Attitude Era they would have called him that. Bro, what What if we get a... a we get him a, a captain's hat. We get a jacket, like a Sergeant Pepper, bro, but a hat. <laughs> Tricorders. Try, try, what is that? Try, Ed, what is that? A try... You know, Revolutionary War. George yeah. Washington had George one. George Reeves wore one. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck something. Yeah. Name. He definitely, if, it, if his name was Crunch, I'm not kidding. <laughs> the Attitude Era, he would have 100% been Captain Crunch at one point. Try my cereal, brother! Yeah. <laughs> he don't even wear a real suit to court. Coming in there looking like Captain Crunch. <laughs> anyway, Crush hits the uh, cranium crunch and it's all over. It's all very Crush. Very Crunch. A uh, gorilla calls him a youngster, literally, <laughs> before Crush raises Barry's hand for no reason. It's like mockingly, though. It's not it like is, it's yeah. not like he's like congratulating him no. for feeling good or something. No, but this was quick, so it was fine. A typical quick opener, Cindy Fair. Very Cindy. Yeah. Uh, we now throw in a special report sponsored by WF Magazine. Because who else would sponsor that? No one. Uh, it's Lord Hayes this time around in the All American Edit Room, mm-hmm. uh, and it's also brought to us. Oh, we're told, additional sponsors by WBF Magazine. That's still happening. <laughs> 
Hopefully, they're announcing the closure in this yeah. issue. <laughs> so, Jeez. <laughs> recently, Mean Gene Ho talked to the WWF champion, Randy Savage, and apparently Savage is very good. And we throw to footage where Savage is in a black shirt, black hat, like boys a time bomb, uh, which looks cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Savage is in the middle of saying, uh, you know, I can uh, I can wrestle scientifically, but I'm not naive. Uh, you know what I mean? I, I know Ric Flair is the dirtiest player in the game. So basically, Savage can do what he has to do. It's rather bland for a Randy Savage promo. Very bland for Randy Savage, right? Trying to make him like a very like top-notch professional champion or something. Like it's bizarre what, it's like, what they were doing during this time. It's like what they would do with Bret Hart. Right, but with Randy Savage. You don't need to do that with Randy Savage. Yeah, he's just crazy. You do need to do it with Bret Hart. Yeah. You know, I, I could do the scientific. I thought yeah. I could do that. and I could wrestle. Work. I, I, I'm better than Ric Flair. Back to Hayes, who says that was jolly good or whatever, mushy peas. However, Ric Flair and Mr. Perfect now tell us that they are better than Randy Savage. Uh, Mr. Perfect has his black suit. Ric Flair has a red robe and not a suit. Why did they never pick up on this? Like They, they act like he like, lives in his robe. Like He doesn't wear real clothes. What is he, the dad he's, from Pretty in Pink? He's never worn a shirt in his life. He just wears underpants and, and robes. Is that supposed to make him more like... Is a, it J. Edgar Hoover? I'm thinking more, are they going for like the um, Playboy house guy, Hugh Hefner? Hugh Hefner. Yeah, like are they going for that? But his robes don't look like that. They're more like pajamas. Right. They're not bathrobes. Surprised they just didn't have Ric Flair wear pajamas. Like, oh, he's a Playboy, you know? You know when they would have? The same time that a Crush was kept to Crunch. Yeah, in 97. Yes. Imagine both well, them there. Can, can you get a pair, bro, of Hanes uh, underwear... And, and, and get one of those two-piece pajamas with the pocket, bro. We're, we're going to make Rick like Hugh Hefner. He, he's on E. <laughs> he's, he's on E. Ed and I were watching that, bro. The Stern rerun was on. Yeah. And he was on there with somebody. I I, I don't remember. And, and you know, I said, that's a good character for Rick. He, we can he get He's Rick. just like him. Bischoff's mad at him anyway right now, right? Yeah. So we can get him in here. All right? Anyway. Rick Flair, sorry for all this. Uh, Rick Flair <laughs> says that what he says goes, and right now he's looking towards his second reign as WWF champion. Woo. Fair enough. Fair enough. We fade to break, and then we get a local promo here, and I have no idea who's doing this voiceover. <laughs> Boy, is- it's weird. Yeah, he's- <laughs> <laughs> then I got this scrunchy voice. He's like, and the WWF's going to be in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. It's very the Vancouver Dome. Sunday, August 16th, the WWF will be in Peterborough, Ontario. So anyway, he you- sounds like Herb Abrams. Yes. Shout out to Gino Cuddy. Yeah. yeah so we got mm-hmm. the Peterborough Memorial Center on August Peanut 16th. Peanut Butter Memorial Center. Peter- <laughs> Peanut Butter. Yes. The sub- Subbury or something. On It doesn't matter. <laughs> Thunder Bay on the 14th of August. The Thunder Bay Arena. London, Ontario. Also on August 14th. <laughs> Kingston, Ontario on the 13th. July 23rd in St. John's, Newfoundland, uh, Montclair, New Brunswick. <laughs> Say hi to Grand Prix while you're out Grand there. Prix. <laughs> Maple Leaf on the uh, 12th of July. Newmarket on June 28th. Fredericton, New Brunswick on the 27th. And Friday the 26th in Montreal. I also have to say, the music behind that was like fake Survivor Series music. <laughs> Thursday, July 23rd, the WWF will be in St. John's, Newfoundland. Back to the ring where we have Kevin Kruger and Ron Cumberledge. Excuse me, that's their names? I know them, yeah. I've seen them both. Why? Seen the pole, Kuga? Pepperidge Farms remembers. Anyway. Ron Cumber Farms over here. Ron Cumber Bun. Yeah. Their opponents have wonderful music and the genius. 
the Beverly Brothers. From the rich capital, Bakersfield. <laughs> Stop. Bakersfield. Yeah. Now, for the record, folks, this is when the Beverlys were feuding with LOD, if you're this interested. Is, I hate it. Joe, I, by it's the end of the show, feud. I never want to see this feud ever again. Awful. Yeah. Uh, Gorilla <laughs> calls the genius Mr. Garbage personified. <laughs> That's just lazy and mean of Gorilla. <laughs> Mr. Garbage. <laughs> oh, Mr. Garbage. Of Mr. Garbage personified. We now get a poem from the genius. I met this little girly. Her hair was kind of curly. Went to her house and bust her out. I had to leave real early. These girls are really sleazy. All they say is please me. Behold the future champions, the brothers Beverly. Gorilla says I... <laughs> <laughs> guarantee I guarantee you he came out of a tube somewhere a test tube <laughs> I guarantee you he came out of a tube somewhere a test tube anyway big, big rights by Blake Irish with nice body slam referee is I don't know dirty Harry I don't Might know the be. I'm not sure Milhouse's dad yeah uh, Bo comes in double hip toss into promo now with a rare riddle mm. from the genius not a poem what does the Legion of Doom have in common with Father's Day? And then one of the Beverly says, absolutely nothing. <laughs> That's kind of funny. <laughs> the, the, like, the, the delivery. <laughs> and the punchline is that uh, the LOD, they're sissies, you know. Yeah. But again, what is this feud? It's so lame. It's it like, is. You're sissies. Like, you're girly. <laughs> like, like, it's like, what? It's like Vince McMahon like, insulting people in high school right. or something. Or military school with yeah. the boxers or You're whatever. You're a sissy. <laughs> yeah, like, what like, are we doing like, here? What? Anyway, These go- are grown-ass men. <laughs> right. <Like>, what, <laughs> what is this? People don't call each other that. Not really. Now, we go back to Gorilla. He's like, I think the Beverly's are going to get maimed. And he asked the brain if he knows if the word maimed means anything to him. Bobby's like, yeah, I've been to Portland. <laughs> Does the word maimed convey anything to you, brain? Yeah, I've been to Portland. You know he just thought of that on the fly. <laughs> he had to it was not planned at all. No. A nice double underhook suplex by Bo. Shaker Heights Spike. And it's all That's over. That's the name of it? Yeah. That was the Shaker Heights Slam or Spike. Bakersfield. Bakersfield Blast. Yeah, Bakersfield Blast, something like that. Nasty one, too. Yeah. Uh, in case you're wondering if anyone cares, uh, the answer is no. No fans care about this yeah. match. Uh, now, the Beverly's <laughs> now hold one of the jobbers so they can paint LOS on them. This is so dumb, Joe. Like it, It's like makeup or lipstick or something, like with a paintbrush. And the genius- <laughs> Did you notice it was like it was like a, a, like a tub of lipstick? I knew it was lipstick because the texture looked weird on him. And they like, smeared was- it on the genius's scroll. You notice that? Yeah. Anything less would be uncivilized. Like, it's that kind of thing. I hate it. So now Gorilla Plugs, the WF Spotlight magazine featuring The Undertaker. I had the HBK one. It was pretty good. I'm sure it was. It's like just a career. Like, this is their career, which is weird for The Undertaker in 1992, by the way. Yeah, it's not very good by then. (laughs) He's only had like two years. I know. Let's let's review the entire career. He was at Survivor Series that time. He fought Jimmy Snuka. Um, (laughs) He wasn't at SummerSlam. Yeah, he wasn't at SummerSlam. Won the world title. Won the world title. Lost Lost the world title. And then he got fucked in the Royal Rumble. There you go. Here's the whole thing. And then he beat up Jake the Snake at WrestleMania. There you go. Spotlight Magazine. I've done the whole thing. That'll be $3, please. Back up to ringside where the Texas Tornadoes music hits. Gorilla calls him Terry Von Erich. If you're interested, they did say that sometimes. His opponent, though, mm, 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 Bob Bradley. Bo Bradley from the 1983 canon, the stalwart of 1983 canon. Hell yes. I love him. He's very good. Uh, now, Bo here has like a seven o'clock shadow, very greasy hair. Very proud. Very but proud. But that's like, here's the thing, is Bo having like a different look is pretty normal. 
literally Bo's gimmick is I look different every time. Sometimes he has gloves. Remember and he had an afro for a period of time. He does the claw. He, did, he turned into like a panther man. He does posing sometimes. Yeah. He wins sometimes. <laughs> Remember that time he won in yeah. like Washington or whatever that was? Remember when Jeff Craney won that match that one time? Yeah, that was amazing too. <laughs> anyway, Bobby, meanwhile, is making fun of Texas and saying it's like a different country. Well, I talked to people from Texas. Oh, yup and yup and stuff like that. Oh, they are not. Uh, lock up the star goes nowhere. Bradley doesn't even have knee pads, Quinn. You know why? 1983. He doesn't need him. He, he's fucking, grandfathered in. He wrestled the guys that never had him. He knows. Yeah. He wrestled Chief and stuff. Yeah, he, he did. like did. He did. <laughs> he did. Right. Not, I'm not even like exaggerating you're, here. You're right. Uh, lock up again and we get nothing. Gorilla and Brain note Bo is a tough competitor. I like this respect. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm really knowing the context. See, this is why, right. we, why we watch the canon. Right. It's yeah. for moments like this. Tough competitor, Bob Bradley. Yeah. Absolutely. Of course he is. We know. He was second battle cat also, yeah. you know. He's no slouch. Like I said, just all around her. Absolutely. Third lockup. Back in the corner goes a tornado, but he turns Bradley around. Clean break. Bradley with a boot. Corner whip by Bo. Handspring elbow. Holy shit. That was awesome out of nowhere. <laughs> really I've awesome. I've never even seen him do that in 83 canon. Probably only his battle cat, maybe I'm thinking. Maybe that's where that can't. He learned that ability. Probably. <laughs> anyway. Carry fires back, right hands, eye gouged by Bradley, Irish whip, duck under by Tornado, and a clothesline city, Tornado punch, and it's all over. Gorilla called that a whirling dervish for some reason. <laughs> what is that? Is he the only one that called it that ever? I've never even heard him call it that before. Yeah, maybe never, right? Whirling dervish. Whirling dervish. Oh, whirling dervish time. Oh, you darvish pitching. Yeah, yeah see, that's <laughs> what I was thinking of, too. <laughs> anyway, Bradley looked good, at least, uh. Joey Morello was the referee, by the way. I didn't get to mention that. Oh. We now go to the event center. Uh, Century. Yes. C-E-N-T-R-E. Why do you guys kind of, spell it that way? Because it, England, it's England wrong. Does. England. Yeah, I know, but it's still center. Well, I mean, they, e, also, they even pronounce it center. The R is before the E. Yeah, why does, does it have to do that? It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't sound like Century. that. Century. <laughs> Century. That's <laughs> like, yeah. Anyway. Also, who's there? Billy Red Lions. Oh, that's Tunny Stooge. Oh, that flunky! Yeah. <laughs> Gorilla hates him for some reason, too. Yeah. That he crony. stinks! He's nice. He says, good afternoon, sports fans, and reminds sports fans. Good afternoon, sports fans. Billy Red here once again. It's a big Maple Leaf Garden show yeah. coming up, though, Quinn. And the main event of this one is going to be the Ultimate Warrior and The Undertaker teaming up against Papa Shango and the Berserker. What a weird match. That That's, is a bizarre one. That sounds like a Sean Mooney, like, oh, we have a crest here from Jason Robbins from Huntsville, yeah. Alabama. Or this sounds like Sean and Lord on, like, a Coliseum tape yeah. in late 92. Yeah, when they're, everyone's gone. When everyone's gone. <laughs> and this match just probably was recorded. Just in left June. in a dumpster somewhere. Well, your lordship, we have a great matchup here. Yeah, The Undertaker has really come a long way here in the Wild Wrestling Federation. But I must say, Papa Shango, well, I didn't get a chance to see the voodoo around. You know what <laughs> yeah, I mean. This, this all would have happened. Here on WrestleFest 93. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> We're filming this in December yeah, like, or something. Exactly. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> we just got some shit out of a closet, made some skits up, and just shoot these things out. That's real. That's what this Mooney told us this. He did. It's real. He's like, no one gave a shit. Yeah, <laughs> Basically. Like, what's what's the theme for this one? Basketball? Okay. <laughs> yeah. it's like, uh, we, got, we got some hoops. Well, your lordship, uh, before we get any three pointers, I want to give you some pointers. <laughs> if you have a Coliseum video request, you can write to us. Yeah, it's, it's, it's what they Sorry. do. Anyway, Boss Man is going to be coming back to take on Nails at the Maple Leaf Garden. Also, 
LOS will face the Beverly Brothers. We get promos now. No, please, no. Why? No more. (laughs) Stop bringing this up. I want nothing to do with this feud. Uh, First, we get the Beverly's. They cut a stupid promo about how the Legion of Doom are girls. I hate this shit. I don't blame you. They're more nutritious. Yeah. Uh, We go to the LOD now, who sadly have Paul Ellering with them by now. Could Uh, it get any worse? Yes, because he's like, there's a new world order in the WWE. What does that fucking mean? There's a new world order in the WWF. Animal yells, big surprise, right? Hawk's line du jour here is about how the Beverly's have led themselves down a dirt road with a dead end, and at the dead end is the Legion of Doom. And then he, (laughs) you don't like it? We don't care. You don't like it? We don't care. No one cares about this. Anyway, Billy Green Screen Lions over here says, we'll be back with Ugandan giant Kamala. Why is he, like, hosting the show? Yeah, I don't like, know. Why is he talking about stuff that's happening not in his zone? Canadian he's like, content. Yeah, he's heading out of his lane. It's weird. I, yeah, because Mooney doesn't do that in yeah. these, right? Yeah, he'll be back to you or, you know, that kind of thing. We now cut to what looks like the streets of Miami. Some festive music is playing. Oh, yeah? And a big white Cadillac pulls up to the curb. Now it's got like zebra colored hmm. covers, fuzzy dice. And in this car in a very big white suit is a man named Razor Ramon. Say hello to Razor Ramon. Wow, this seems pretty early. It is. This is his June? Sec- second vignette ever. Good Lord. Yeah, I know. Isn't that weird that he was there that early? Before SummerSlam? Well before. 92? That he's not even at? No, he's not. Yeah, yeah. that's strange. I know. <laughs> he's like, it's a Cadillac, man. Funny. No shit. And he says, 90 miles away, they're living like pigs. They're living in squalor, man. They're eating garbage. So I'm assuming he's talking about Central Florida. Oh, come on! Are we supposed to know where he is? That he is in Florida? I'm just saying and a where kid. Where else would he be? I mean, a kid that, that doesn't know his geography. You know, this is this is for children. <laughs> just, to be fair. <laughs> I'm just this is a kid show we're watching yeah, here, to be fair. Yeah. Um, How do they know what he means 90 miles? Like, where's that? He means Cuba for all you kids listening to us right yeah. now. He meant Cuba. I get what he's saying. I just mean to say is the kids probably don't. They probably don't. Vince doesn't even know what this gimmick is. He's like, oh, you thought of this yourself? Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, we know it's, what it's it is. literally a ripoff. Uh, but Starface. That, I think Scott Hall plays it really well, Quinn. Mm-hmm. I love this character. Anyway, he says Razor Ramon is coming to the WWF and nobody's going to stop him from being a big doofus for six months That's as a hero. <laughs> But anyway, he says uh, he's El Jefe. That means the boss. He has like fuzz in his beard and it's very weird. I don't like it. It is. He looks dopey. Anyway, to ringside where in the ring is Dr. Harvey Whippleman all assy. You know, Gorilla is all, I wouldn't buy a used car from Razor. Like immediately (laughs) shitting on him. He hasn't even like debuted. Like, what was that? I fucked up. I hit him. I just, Gorilla is so angry during this time period. Like, anybody that's healed, he's just like, what a piece of shit. He really is out of his way to, like, really crap on people in 92. It's true. Harvey, though, is here. He's very minor. And he says that uh, his friend, Kimshi, has helped him find a man that will enable him to own the WWF. Oh, shit. It's Kamala. Better be scared. I feel like Harvey is, like, devaluing Kamala. He, He is. Right? This is before, you know, he bowls and is afraid of things and all that. He's supposed to be a threat, right? Yes, he is. He is. And it's Harvey Whippleman. So, oh, okay. I know it doesn't matter now. Now, escorted by the great Kim C. Here is the Ugandan giant, the mighty Kamala. Anyway, Kamala's opponent is Reno Riggins. Unfortunately. You know what's also unfortunate? They say he's from Vegas. Why isn't he from Reno? They fucked up. Same state. 
Anyway, Bobby says Kamala looks better with his mask on than McGurk does. Uh, referee is Roger Ruffin again. Uh, big chop by Kamala. Shoulder block, belly flap. Uh, Did leave- you notice, by the way, on the what? entrance that Bobby was acting like he's never seen Kamala before? He was like, what's this mask yes. about? Like He's like asking all these weird questions. Well, and it- but, yeah, I think they're doing the same thing they did with Crush, right? They act like he was never here before. Yeah, that was weird to me because Kamala was like... A was big, a main eventer. Main eventer in like the 80s. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure he even interacted with Brain at some point. Oh, he might have, but one way or another, I mean, he was a main player, what, 86, 87? And yeah. before that, 84. It's just bizarre. Brain's like, who's this now? Yeah. Whoa, that mask is scary. What does it mean, Gorilla? And Gorilla's like, fuck you and fuck Kamala, fuck Harvey. Yeah, also, he just attacks Bobby for, like, asking questions. It's, like, so mean. I know. Leaf Rod by Kamala. Nice mule kick. Another chop. Matt choking now by Kamala. Back up. Irish whip. Shoulder block. Big splash. Kamala doesn't know how to pin him, though. I want to point this out. The whole, like, Kamala not knowing how to pin, that actually started not when he turned face. It started when he came back in 92. Right. It seems like it's, like, a buildup to, like, them getting frustrated yes. with that, right? Correct. Like, Quinn. they're leaving, they're they're planting the seeds. Yes. It Just so anyone... Now, I don't believe he did that shit in 86, 87. No, not at all. Right? He just but, kicked people's asses and pinned them. Yeah. Remember, he was, like, actually better everywhere else than here also. Basically. He's, an, he's yeah. another one where mm-hmm. not here. Anyway, Harvey and Kim Chi uh, just tell him to roll him over. And Kamal gets the pin. Nice. Very nice. Very nice. Happily fast, by yeah. the way. Very fast. Beautiful. Back to Billy Wright here to hype up the big El Matador versus Kamala match at the Maple Leaf Gardens. And he does this by calling Tito Santana a young man. Is he serious? He <laughs> Like Tito's character right now literally is more of like a veteran character. That's the whole point of his character. Right. Yeah. Veteran, former intercontinental yeah. champion. Like a million ta- years ago. Former tag know, like champion. Five it feels like forever, yeah. though, since the heyday. Yeah. And now we get a fantastic promo trio here from Berserker, Papa Shango, and Mr. Fuji. Oh, look, Mr. Fuji. Okay, hell yeah. That's right. Now, you can tell how much they care here in Cavalcade because the blue screen doesn't even have anything added to it. It's for Canada. They didn't they, key they're anything not, They're in. not trying. Not at all. Berserker threatens to stab the Undertaker. Okay. Okay. Shango says, we've got a surprise. Well, I mean, of course they do. They have Fuji. It's I mean, true. What a team, though. Right. I'm going to use the sword on you, and you better be able to duck because I'm going for your head. Undertaker and Warrior now are in front of a green screen, not blue, which also has nothing on it. Looks very odd. Richard, insight. I mean, did, was this normal for Cavalcade? I don't know. Kelly Smallwood, mm-hmm. Rod McLarge, somebody. Somebody <laughs> tell us. Somebody let us know. Anyway, Warrior calmly says that uh, Shango and Berserker are fucked in Toronto. Because the Undertaker walks with death. Not in front of it, not beside it, not behind uh, it, with it. That makes sense. And then Warrior whispers things I could not understand. I had no idea I what did. he was saying. And then Undertaker says Mortal Kombat before launching into his usual. Mortal Kombat. Rest in ass. Now, Kano wins a fatality. Don't these guys hate each other, though? I think. Warrior and Undertaker? Yeah, like- I thought the Undertaker, <laughs> didn't he, like... I think I'm Didn't confusing he help like Jake, Jake the Snake no, he, stuff. Like, he helped Jake beat him up. Remember? Yeah, in, the, in that weird like funhouse room, and then he bled fake. I don't know. Was, There's they were there were problems. Yeah, Let's just put it that way. But Undertaker's face now, so why the hell not? Right? Yeah, I guess Paul Bearer knows what he's They're doing. They're both spooky characters too. I mean, the Ultimate Warrior is a pretty strange, dude. He's from parts unknown. Right? Maybe the Undertaker and Warrior were like next door neighbors because like Death Valley is a big desert. Maybe Warrior just lives somewhere in the middle of that, and that's the Parts Unknown. Maybe, like, Parts Unknown is like an annex of Death Valley. Right. They're like neighbors. It's a CDP. Yeah. 
Anyway, this was amazingly stupid in the best, worst way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Billy Red says, we'll be back with El Matador. I'm the host. Uh, so we- <laughs> no, I don't get it. I don't either. It's like Gorilla and Bobby aren't here. <laughs> I know. So your real host, Billy Red Lions, <laughs> in the Canada zone. Maybe that's why Gorilla doesn't like him. Yeah. Go to ringside where Tito Santana's El Matador music hits. Gorilla says he loves it, and Tito charges out to a nice reaction. His opponent in the ring is noted accountant Tom Stone. <laughs> Looking roughly 46. Good Lord. Jeez. I've seen him before. You yeah. Remember him? How many stone does he weigh? I think I'll be about 18, might. Okay. I don't know. It's anyway, a weird way to measure things. Stone? Yeah. yeah well, not all stones weigh the same. What if you need like a lot of stones? But it's only because they're like pebbles, you know? Yes, Quinn. I think 18 stone is accurate. I just looked it up. 252 pounds. That's probably right. That's about this right. This guy's big-ish. Anyway. Girl just makes up some weird story now about how he and Bobby went down to Kula, Mexico recently. <laughs> That's not a place. It's not a real place. And Bobby wouldn't get on the bus. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love that they're just bantering. It's they, funny. They, they just don't care about this. They don't. Oh, have you ever been there? Yeah. Didn't we go down there one time? No. no you wouldn't get on the bus? Uh, referee Roger Ruffin again as Tito does his bullfighting routine. Gorilla corrects Bobby on how to say roots, you know, because Bobby was saying roots. Learned his heritage and his roots and everything that he needs to know. Roots. It's roots. No, it's roots. No, it's roots. Anyway, hammerlock by Tito. The start. Stone makes the ropes. Lock up again. Go behind in the waist lock. Takedown back up. Wrist lock. Takedown by Tito into an armbar. Stone's into the corner now. Tito fires away. Corner whip. Nice clothesline by Santana. Stone gets bold and uh, tries to move in the corner, but Tito with an inverted atomic. Big rights by Tito. Irish whip. Fist to the gut. Knee lift and the signal for his finisher. Bobby's like, it's El Paso del Paso. <laughs> uh, it's actually the El Paso del... Well, El Paso del Muerte, and uh, it's all over. Why was that flying jalapeno, like, so dumpy? Did you notice that? He, like, jumped on his head or something. That's because, (laughs) this is not talked about often, but that version, when he's El Matador, is different than his flying forearm. How? Because he, like, he, like, like jumps on their neck or something. Yes, he does a fist to the gut and then does a That shit sucks in comparison to the jalapeno. I didn't say it was good. Yeah. Uh, Gorilla now hypes the latest issue of WWF Magazine. Featuring a personality profile on Mr. Personality, Sergeant Slaughter. Why? I want my country back. I got it back. Do you care? I still think this is all because Vince owed him for, like, sacrificing his entire persona to, like, do a WrestleMania. He is a real Marine. Yeah. Uh, Jump cut to Mean Gene on the podium from a Superstars taping. Now, before we get to who this is, I've been informed by Richard Land. Oh, no. That this is actually inserted, as you you can see from Superstars. We'll get to that. Because there was something with the Mountie, what? but Mountie is banned in Canada, remember? Oh, right. Yes. Yeah, that's true. So I don't know if it was a Mountie match. They had to get or... rid of the Mountie match. <laughs> yeah, it's real. Or an interview or something. Isn't he like recently banned in Canada too? I think since 91. Oh, okay. But it's just funny, right? The Mountie. So weird. That... Not a lot. <laughs> I still think that's like a bizarre thing. Like They, they were... were like, we don't like that he's doing this like so that he can't be on TV. I know. But it's odd. The only time he could is if he didn't have the costume remember when he was like just called Jacques Rougeau. Yeah it's really dumb. It's really it's real folks. But anyway yes yeah, superstar so uh, Gene oh he introduces sensational Siri and Sean Michaels. Nice. Yeah nice. Uh, Vince and Kurt Perfect your favorite are on commentary. Oh, horrible. <laughs> Vince is like look at that mirror that Sherry is holding. Mira. Gene's annoyed already. You, you've you got to be kidding me. Oh, she holds a mirror. Oh, isn't that vain? <laughs> like, 
Isn't that vain, Mr. Mike Eels? Yeah. And then Sherry. It's real. Sherry reverts to like fucking 89 Queen for a second. Yeah, she is rather Queen here. She's like, mirror, mirror in my hand. Who's the sexiest man in the land? I half expect her to bring out that Snow White outfit from WrestleMania 6. Or the cauldron or something. Yeah, seriously. And Sean's like, I'm looking at him. And everyone wants to look at him. And then we segue to Sean calling out Bret Hart. Okay. Because Sean says that when he looks Basically in the mirror. how early this is. Like, the, immediately, they're they, like, we don't like each other. They started it at WrestleMania 8. Remember, girl is like, possible next Intercontinental Champion. Right. Remember? I know, but they were it's still, still, it's but, crazy how early it was. But not at Royal Rumble, as we talked about. Right. Not at, <laughs> It still wasn't there. Sean wasn't, he didn't even have Sherry yet. Nope. That's right. But anyway, Sean says he sees the next Intercontinental Champion in the mirror. Oh, shit. Watch out, Brett. That's right. Now, Gene's like, you will have an opportunity to become the IC champion. And Sean wonders why a guy that looks like he does has to worry about Bret Hart. There's a little bit of irony there, though. Kind of a good line, though. Yeah. No, I know. It's like as if, like, I'm not worried about him. You know, he's so overconfident. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, it's good. But Sean, God, he goes on and on and on, which, again, it's an effective heel promo if you I, like crap. The way, the way I see the way I see this, Joe, though, is that we're so early in the character that they're trying to, like, establish this, like, this is what he is. He's feeling it out, too. Right. You know, so that this very early on Sean stuff, I always noticed this. We're, we're trying to, like, build up a character. Like, who the fuck is Shawn Michaels when he's not in the Rockers, right? It, so it's they, like 91 Brett. Yeah, they're, like, all these, like, long, weird promos of him, like, really sinking into the character. Like, just trying to figure out what it is. I agree. It's no different than Brett's, like, you know what? I'll take on anybody, and I've yeah. been fighting and clawing my way to the top And it's kind of boring, and you're like, what is this? Yeah. And then he starts to, like, feel it out, like, same with Brett. Same yeah. thing. Yeah. But anyway, Shawn ends this by quoting uh, Casablanca. Here's looking at you, kid. It's so silly. He even does the little punch. <laughs> that was funny. The little punch on the mirror on his like own chin. It was good. Anyway, back to ringside where high energy make their way out, but it's to Coco's music. It's strange. I guess they didn't have Owens yet or the high energy theme. Yeah. Uh, so girl wants Bobby to get up. Come on, brain, do the bird. Yeah. <laughs> and Bobby's like, I'd like to do the bird on about 450 degrees. Oh. Energy's opponents are the masked executioners. This is hideous. That's usually Dwayne Gill and Barry Hardy, right? I've never Angels. seen them this late, though. No, in 93, 93, they're there even. I did, never saw these guys in 93. But you remember, think the shadows. I don't watch 93 at will. You though. should. It's a horrible Good year. Good year. Right, Mark Mark? Anyway, Danny Davis is the referee, and he literally smirks and talks to Owen and Coco. I'm not making it up about Danny Davis. <laughs> he always does this. He's shit. always like kind of smiling about everything. I He's don't just having fun it. out yeah, there. It's good. Um, Gorilla all legitimately laughing. He's like, "Look how big Coco's pants are! Look, look how big Coco's pants are!" Executioner's attack to start, but Coco with a double clothesline tag to Owen for him off the top. Irish whip leapfrog by Owen. Nice spinning heel kick. Gorilla brings up how there used to be a team here called the Executioners, and they were the tag team champions, but this is not them. Yeah, this is a bunch of fucking jobbers. These guys stink. Yeah. He then throws to, he says, former champions, the Nasty Boys are with Jimmy Hart. They promise, of course, that high energy will be nasticized. Now, surprisingly, what does not. That mean, nasticized. I don't know. The armpit. Beat them up, oh, fart on them. Pity city, man. Piss in their mouth. Oh, oh, God. That's not necessary. Now, Nobbs also references Allentown. Yeah, proudly from Allentown. Right? Shout out to Ian Riccoboni. Mm-hmm. And then we go back to Gorilla. 
Gorilla Town, where's that? Yeah, like Gorilla hasn't, you know, is not aware of the 83, 84 canon. Not wearing his Hawaiian shirt. Yeah. You know, backstage. Air shirt and all that. Air. (laughs) The softball shirt, whatever. I'll body slam you. Fuck you, John Stunt. Yeah, he just comes out and challenges him. (laughs) It's so good. Anyway, Owen Harkins double teamed, ducks under, lands a double drop kick, and Bobby's like, that's hard to do in baggy pants. Coco slingshots Owen through the ropes to take out both heels. Owen throws one of the executioners back in, tags in Coco, who heads up top, while Owen holds the executioner on his shoulders. Like electric chair position. Yes. Yeah. And a beautiful drop kick by Coco off the shoulder. Yeah, the signature Coco drop kick. The one yes. that he was like noticed for. Yes. Like the one he's good at. That's an awesome finisher, it's Quinn. very good. Yeah. Nice fake pop for that. <laughs> uh, Bobby has a funny line here. And that's hard to do wearing Andre's old pants. What a weird thing to bring up. I know. You don't talk about me. I don't like that. I don't like you anymore. (laughs) You don't pay me. Anyway, Danny Davis quickly leaves while the faces are celebrating with Frankie. It's all very happy. I like that Frankie like came in the middle of the ring for this one. Hi. (laughs) He's like, hey, I'm celebrating with them. Now get a recap of the second and final WBF championship. Really? Are we fucking serious? Why are we wasting time? with This could have been like two matches, this whole thing. It's available on Coliseum Video July 2nd. Why? Nobody cares. How many people bought <laughs> that tape? Exactly one. Vince McMahon. <laughs> They're watching his home video collection. Gotta see the striations. He probably has like a pool house near I'm his sure pool. He does. And he probably watches that while like Linda's cooking dinner or something. I don't know. Where Vince, they... how do you want your burger cooked? Yeah, like that shit. And it's like, okay, honey. And he's like in the pool house watching WBF. Look at it! Get in here, Shane. (laughs) Dad, I just want to go get drunk and fuck around with (laughs) Joey Abs or whatever. (laughs) Stephanie. Dad, get out of here. (laughs) Vince, do you want potato salad or macaroni? (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Why are the McMahon family dinner like? God, that would be a great sitcom. Yeah. Anyway, we see some fucking clips of this stupid ass disaster in Long Beach, California. <laughs> how did they fill the seats? I don't know. Were they paid There's people? Tons of people here. Remember how they filled the prime time in '91? Oh my audience? goodness! It's Same horrible. thing. Luger cuts a promo from his fucking hospital room. You see that? What? You know why? It is June 13th. Oh, Bobby. He said he would see him. Some guy shot a gun at the scaffolding. That Shang Tsung showed up. Did you notice that? That was weird. <laughs> so. The- <laughs> It's true. And then some guy had a flaming guitar. And then dancing occurred. And sorry, you know what? I forget all of their names and I don't care right now. It's okay. This looks terrible. I don't feel like there's it. don't even, we don't need to comment on Barry it. DeMay and there's Mike Quinn, literally, <laughs> yeah. and yeah, the they, other I'm Quinn. In. Yeah, I'm here. Jim Quinn also. Oh, wait, there's two Quinns in yes. this? It's ridiculous. Martha Quinn was in it. Dr. Quinn. Anyway, the final five, Y5, posed and then uh, there was Pyro. And uh, Gary Stratum won for the second year in a row. Yeah, won, whatever that means. <laughs> How do you win? They say so. You shoot the gun the best, yeah. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. So, what, this was the worst idea Vince McMahon ever had. This is horrible. This really was a bad business idea, yeah. It's like a Seriously. total waste of money. Yep. This is Vince, like, pre-trial like trial. Having tons of well, Zahorian's already going on too, right? And but Vince has so much money to burn from the 80s, and this is like this is like his big dream, right? Is like this is this a worse creative decision than the XFL? Yes, because here's the thing is the XFL at least has it's football, like people (laughs) know what that is, (laughs) right? Football has a much larger audience as a sport than bodybuilding, and they're actually like what he was proposing, even though it didn't work. 
was something people had said before, like the idea of like, oh, football in the offseason, football is so popular yes. and the season's so short. That's Why don't all. we have football in the offseason? Yep. Anyway, we get another uh, local local insert promo, same scrunchy guys before, and then we go back to ringside where Dan Robbins is in the ring looking like he fucking makes a mean pork shoulder at a gastro pub. <laughs> anyway, his, op- his opponent with no music, no beard, and no ability is Nails. Good lord. He looks elderly. Like, his <laughs> yeah. face is all old. Because of the you know, beard, yeah. yeah. it's weird. He doesn't have a beard. Uh, everyone stares at him all annoyed. <laughs> They're just like, really? Yeah. Anyway, Bobby's already claiming Nails is innocent, saying that he was framed. Really? You have any documents, Brain? <laughs> like, he just yells. You have documents? Yeah. Fuck <laughs> you! <laughs> Can we end this fucking show? Or go home! <laughs> anyway, Bell and uh, Ram to the Buckham by Nail. Irish show up clothesline. Referee is Dirty Sanchez again. As Gorilla measure- <laughs> mentions. What is this? It's a real line about nails. Oh, those prison groceries! <laughs> Only Gorilla. I guess those prison groceries agreed with him. Choking my nails, Irish will begin another clothesline. Literally zero reaction. There's like nobody, everyone's like, what? No like, one, they didn't even bother to sweeten the crowd. Who is this? <laughs> More choking. He's done two moves so far. Some kicking now. That's his third move. I'm counting now. So nails sets up now an electric chair drop. Move four. And you get it, the electric chair. Oh, because of the yeah, he's, death penalty. Yeah. yeah. Good. Anyway, where the hell was that move in any other nails it match? Doesn't, it doesn't matter. You're right about that. Yeah. Uh, one footed pin gets the win. Please leave. Nails now uses Bossman's nightstick for fun, and Bobby rightfully points out that when Bossman does that, Gorilla likes it. It's true. It is true. Uh, Gorilla says Nails has not shown him any wrestling skills. Well, that's true also. Yeah, uh, that's a real comment. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, more choking with a nightstick until Nails finally leaves. It's all very lame for whatever reason. And I wanted to say this. Doesn't it feel like Bossman should have made the save here? Yeah, but he's still out, remember? Oh. Uh, why even attack after the match if there's no Bossman save? That's all. Because Nail is a bad man. Yeah, I, I don't know. It doesn't make sense narratively, is my point. A lot of it does. Nail's... Yeah. Been- any other wrestler would have pulled this off. This is such a, a slam dunk. Like yes. guy that the boss man was like a prison guard for comes back for revenge, right? Crush could have pulled this off. I'm yeah. dead serious. They should have went if, if if they could have just held the jailbird gimmick like Crush was just regular Crush when he came back, right? And then when Evil Boss Man came back, and if they just didn't piss <laughs> off Crush to make him leave as a yeah. Bret Hart, you'll be beat me up too, brother. Yeah. Anyway, he beat me up in prison, brah. He did. I was in prison at Kalu. Anyway, uh, Ruffin comes out with a stretcher. We go to the event Sentry. Billy Red throws us to a high energy promo. Really on the Again? nasties. Owen's like, you guys are fat boys. Hey, you know what, fat boys? That's right, you nasty boys. And they blabber on and on, and Coco says hi, RNG, very loudly. Meanwhile, Owen's like looking at the wrong camera the entire time. It's all great, isn't it? He's like, just looking the wrong way, and I'm like, we're going to get you. <laughs> like, like, like pointing the wrong direction, everything. Uh, we now go to a promo from Harvey, Kamala, and Kimchi on the Texas Tornado. Harvey says that Tornado is good, but he's also stupid for agreeing to I this see. match. Very good. Also, Harvey is known as the genius of Mississippi. <laughs> it's like coming in first in a nicest grease trap contest. Send your cards and letters to Joe Marotta, Northern Yankee Asshole, care of OVP Podcast, Ogden, Utah. Have a friend write them for you. Billy Red hypes up the Maple Leaf Garden again with a very uninspired graphics on the screen. But anyway, back to Gorilla on the Brain. 
We're gorilla saying wrestling challenge is hideously edited out. I'll drop yeah. it in. Next week, right here. But next week on Not Wrestling Challenge, we're going to have Money Incorporated, okay. best tag team ever, The Berserker, fantastic, Huss. You know, I thought I could be on a cavalcade. This is Bret Hart's show. This is the Canadian content next week. And uh, Papa Shango will be here. That'll be nice. And also a special report on the Macho Man. What does there even say about him again? He's the champion. <laughs> That's the special report. Anyway, Wrestling Challenge is edited out again as we get the ending uh, credits, uh, honestly. The executive producer, we're told, Jack Tunney. Can't not have his name on it because it's Canadian. That's right. My territory, pal. Now, this just screamed summer of 92 between pay-per-views, but a girl in the brain made it fun. The thing is this, right? Keep your expectations low with wrestling, I mean, Cavalcade. Yeah. And you're going to be okay. Yeah. It's typical Cindy stuff. Yeah. Well-paced, easy to watch. I liked it. Yeah, it was fine. I mean, it was nothing, but I liked it. It was absolutely nothing. Yeah. But thank you, Kelly Smallwood. For the suggestion, and again, folks, just go to Facebook, join the group, and you can suggest something for us to review. Uh, before we get out of here, a couple of quick reminders. If you have Apple Podcasts or iTunes, leave us a review there. We'd really appreciate it. Or anywhere where you listen to us, if there's a review option, leave one. Also, follow us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can email us at OVPpodcast at gmail.com. And hey, Go to our YouTube channel. Just search at our vantage point, Retro Wrestling Podcast. We have a YouTube channel. There's clips there. Don't tell anyone. Yeah. Don't, don't do mention it. it. But there's a lot of stuff there. You can check that out. Make sure you subscribe. But I think that's it. Obviously, next week, we will be back with the Royal Flush. Ooh. We'll be reviewing something again. We'll have another jump. Until that time, thank you guys so much for being with us here. Stay warm if you're in this hemisphere. And we will be back next week. Until that time, I'm Joe Morata. That's Michael Quinn. And we're out of here. See ya. Most certainly, Papa Shango and Berserker in Toronto on July 12th. You can be guaranteed there shall be ones with birthdays. There shall be ones that will have celebrations. And there shall be a wake. For in Toronto, Papa Shango, reversal of the curse of voodoo put upon me. As the undertaker, the man that walks with death, not behind, not in front, with death, shall turn the whole situation into a funeral. The warrior, the reaper, locked in mortal combat. We'll yeah.